0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to have company. It's Monday, the 16th of January. It's wet. It's going to be like that. There's no snow forecast. I'll have a little check a little bit later on. Uh, Victoria Beckham goes out. Flared trousers. So dated, dear. So very, very dated. And also wholly inappropriate for this kind of weather. But there you go. Uh, the firm... Says one lady which ruined my drive then charged me two and a half thousand pounds. You wait till you see that. Well, you won't see the mess. I'll have to describe it to you later. Megan's brother on gun charge. Amazing, isn't it, really? I did say to you ages and ages ago, you know, find that he's going out with somebody. But if it turns out she's got some mad as a broomstick person in the family, then that will scupper the plans. You seriously think the royal family are going to have somebody marrying into it that's got a brother on gun charges? I mean, dear Lord, it can't get any worse, can it? Uh, The boss can spy on you 24-7. It's an interesting concept. And the greatest show on earth packs its trunks for good. And the married charity boss who condemned the flings with Calais migrants has a fling with a Calais migrant. (laughs)
0: Hilarious,
1: honestly. We shall point and laugh, ladies and gentlemen, today, as indeed we do. Good news for you. There's a cure for wrinkly knees. Wrinkly knees. Apparently it's it's something that people worry about. I've never ever looked at my knees and thought, oh, wrinkly. Because they're not. They're perfect, as you can well imagine. Uh, Also, Gary's lost his shine... Yes, proving, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that he might be absolutely lovely, but the programme is boring as so-and-so. It really is. It's dreadful. Most people can't sing on the Shine programme. The only ones that can sing, in fact, one of them who could sing on Saturday, is known to take that anyway. I mean, it's just, you know, you cannot fool the public. You are not to be fooled anymore. Uh, Four in ten pregnant mothers are uh, boozers. That's a big surprise. And, um... And uh, what was the other one? Oh, yes. Uh, brekkie is off the Brits menu. We're too busy. Pfft, yeah, right. <laughs> Don't think so. Brekkie. I'm sorry. Uh, OK, do you want really be busy here? Or do, um, uh, No, I'll have breakfast. Thank you. What is it? Uh, there's, a, there's a new place in, in Twickenham. They do a cooked breakfast and I think it's eight pounds, but it's six pound 80 if you take it away. And it comes with hash browns and Cumberland sausages. There's no point in them fobbing you off with cheap naff sausages. I want to know where the, where the sausages come from. You know, I'm, I'm that funny, so I'm gonna, I might try that later on. I'll see how I feel, actually. I, don't, I, might, I might That's, No, I'm very worried about the hash browns, you know. I'm very worried about these. They haven't resurfaced at uh, Burger King. But I did point out the other day that, seeing as there hardly seems to be any food in Burger King, I'm assuming they must be buying on an ad hoc basis. Because how you can not get these things? It's a franchise, isn't it? Don't they have warehouses where they go, what, what, what do you need? We'd like some burgers. Oh, we don't have any burgers. Oh. So we're doing chips for breakfast. I mean, that's bad, isn't it? Very, very bad. BT, cracking down on nuisance calls. I've said, you know, what amazes me is I've had friends of mine. They'll, they'll be sitting there. The phone will ring and they'll look at it and go, I wonder who that is. And then answer it. How? D- I said, why are you answering it? And they said, well, because we didn't know who it was. I said, if you don't know who the number is and they've, they're calling your number, it's obviously cold calling, isn't it? Why answer it? Hello? No, I don't need to change my electricity supply. Now, bog off! Yeah, that's what you feel like saying to them, isn't it? But in fact, all you have to do at home, if you're, a, I mean, years ago the phone rang, you picked it up because you assumed somebody knew who you were. But nowadays it's more than likely to be somebody calling from Pakistan called, what was it somebody told me the other day? Who is it had a call in from, from Pakistan? Because I always ask them where they are, because I'm always curious. And I always go, where are you? And they go, oh, I'm in Mumbai or something like that. But they give them English names. This one was called Jasmine. Jasmine. I mean, I ask you, why do they give them English names? What is that? Are they embarrassed? I didn't understand that at all. That's like going to China and somebody goes, this is uh, Wong Lee, but uh, we're calling him Brian today. It just doesn't work. And ja- I think it was Jasmine. And I said, but did she sound like she was a Jasmine? He went, no, she sounded like she was probably Bindi or something like that. Why change their names? Does that does that make us more endearing? I've never heard of such rubbish. Ridiculous. Give them their own names, for goodness sake. Perhaps they're embarrassed. I'm terribly sorry, I work in a call centre. What's your name? Uh, Jasmine. Oh, right, OK. Are you embarrassed to be there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so there's the union leader as well. He's called Tosh. I think that kind of describes him very well. He says he used to wake up early so he could spend more time hating Thatcher. These people are in the dark ages, aren't they? They really are. It is uh, bound on duty, he says, to bring down Theresa May. As if, as if, this country is way ahead of you, matey. Way ahead of you. We've seen people like you before. We all remember. Who was the other one? Who was the one who died? The, um, the leader of the RMT. Bob Crow, there was a surprise, wasn't it? Another one, another champagne socialist who sort of, you know, and then he was living in a council house and this and that. Now we've got Tosh, who looks like he's a reject from a band, which are, you know, something like the Straubs. He could be the Straubs, I think, because he's got long sort of flowing hair, but it's his bound and duty to bring down the government. Perhaps he should go and sit on Mr. Corbyn's right hand and they they can have a little conference together. It's hilarious, isn't it? It really is like going back 30 years. Well, we call everybody comrade. uh, BT. Oh, that's right. BT cracking down on the nuisance calls. I said, if you want to crack down on them, get an answer phone. They won't leave a message. You can always tell. You know, you have your message. Hi, this is Steve. I'm not at home at the moment. Leave a message after the tone, and then you get B because they've hung up. They do not leave messages on uh, on answer phones. They really don't. But you know, so that's how you can get away. You know, from nuisance calls. I've never had a nuisance call. Or failing that, if you really want to get rid of a nuisance call. And sometimes people just text you. You know, they're, they're the most irritating ones. They're really, that's like stalking from a distance, isn't it, really? You don't know who they are, and they sort of say, oh, yeah, why don't you follow me on Twitter? And that's kind of rubbish. Anyway, so if you've sort of, you know, you get that, the moaning Marys of this world. But uh, I always think to myself, if ever you get a call, this, this is how you do it. You pick up the phone, hello, and they go, "Oh, I'm just, hold on a sec, put the phone down, leave them there. Leave them there. Let them sit there all blooming day. Because anybody else calling will go straight to your answer phone. So just let them sit there. And then after about 10 minutes, pick up the phone and go, hold on, put the phone back down again. That's the best thing to do. Isn't it? Very entertaining. I like doing things like that. Let's cause misery to the new, but I mean, or failing that, blow a whistle or just go, I'm sorry, are you the funeral home? As he pulled through, you know, and then put the phone down. That's always quite interesting. Well, then say, what's your name? That doesn't work because they're just there. But bearing in mind, they're all sitting in a call centre. The moment you pick up, a red light comes on and they quickly answer the phone. But uh, if you make it go to answer phone, they won't bother you ever again. They get bored. Your name comes off a list. And also, gone are the days of being able to sort of take them to court because they're calling from outside the country. Uh, The Queen dazzled, as indeed I would expect that she would dazzle because she looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, Also... um, uh, the kidnapped baby, back with its parents after 18 years. 18 years, this woman thieves a child, and this, this kid, who doesn't know anybody else, she's only known this woman who kidnapped her. And she says yesterday she's not a felon. Read crook, okay? Crook, thieving child collector. Couldn't do another word, actually, for her. I don't know what they call them now. But she, um, she thieved th- this child, brought her up as her own. It wasn't hers at all. And uh, now this girl's had to go back to a family she does not know she's eighteen. Can you imagine it'd be like you know sort of say a producer around here going back home and discovering that his parents had moved to another country. That would be like sort of you know perhaps they don't like me very much, perhaps they perhaps they never liked me, perhaps I was adopted by dingoes and perhaps they've then decided that you know they'd rather go with the dingoes because they're they're more exciting as a as a family and as a group and talking of groups, they did a thing on the television the other day about. Babies in all these different animal groups. I think it was a BBC programme, it was cobbled together, but they had different cams. They had tortoise cam, they had monkey cam. The monkeys were the cleverest. Monkeys were the cleverest. And all these other cams. Then they had sort of elephant, sort of cat, their little birds that sit on top of elephants. And it was really interesting watching babies growing up, and they had crocodile cam. And the crocodile came back. Well, I say cro- I think it was an alligator. This thing was huge. They haven't changed very much from the, from the dinosaur period. Huge. It was absolutely enormous. And he came up the beach as its young hatch out. But, of course, one of them is in an egg and it's got the cam in it. It's got a camera in its eye. But, of course, the, the alligator doesn't know that and it picks it up in its mouth, takes them all to the, uh, to the water and then lets it out again. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I really found it fascinating. I love things like that. Any, any sort of wild animal. I'm secretly as well addicted to those programmes where lions go out hunting. And I don't want the animals to get eaten, and, I, and I'm and i always praying that they manage to get away. You know, the elephants are very good at protecting their young. I mean, it's just fantastic what they do. And all the other groups, dingoes, did the same. They saw the elephants coming towards them, so they go out and confront them. And then eventually the elephants go... and sort of run towards them, and the dingoes go, run, run! And so the, the, the dingoes are running like that, which is great. Uh, apart from that... Um, We've got a story about the Olympic champion who quit a health club after being ticked off by the lifeguard for what? Swimming too fast. I mean, what a dumb club this would be. Oh, and by the way, just in case you're worried about it, your Cadbury's dairy milk is made, the papers tell you today, in Poland. Does that really. Where do, what difference does it make? If I went through everything that, that I've got on me, you know, sort of sandwich. You know, I don't know where the ham comes from. I don't know where the bread comes from. I don't know where the butter comes from. So what? It's made in Poland. What a racist story. What are they saying? You mustn't touch it. It's Polish. I've never heard of such a thing. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, apart from that, I hope you had a good weekend. I don't really care. I'm just asking. You know, because it's a polite thing that we do in this country. How are you today, we say. I've heard it on n- numerous phone-ins. Hello, how are you? What's it got to do with you? Mind your own business. You're not medically qualified. I'd get. That's why they don't let me do phone calls. They say, you, you, you'd you be too angry with people. I say, it's not a case of being too angry. I just get so bored with people hearing the same person, you know, coming up. Hello, how are you? What's it got to do with you? Yeah, my, my, my health is not in question. You're not medically qualified. Go away. Go and get yourself a life somewhere. Why do people ask that? It's like, you know, the the Australians. Say, oh, good day, mate. But they don't say, how are you? Because nobody cares. Nobody cares in Australia you could be eaten by a great white nobody cares oh we took Muriel down to the beach the other day and we lost her to a great white and they go oh crash you get photos yeah we got photos of it and everything as she disappeared beneath the waves they did that the other day they did a piece on australian beaches it was i'm just telling you okay and they got a lot of lot of unattractive people on a beach and um, and at one point there's some men in a helicopter and there are three sharks that have come in like 18 footers 18 foot's quite a lot and so they say to the people shark but they're whispering shark you know just to to add to the interest of the panic on the beach but they they tell and then and then the lifeguards still wearing the speedos are sort of going around in their little inflatable boat like you know a little rubber boat's going to help you in the case of a shark attack and they're going get out of the water Uh, there's there's sharks people are taking not a blind bit of notice you know why death they're all deaf People on beaches in Australia are de- Get out of the water. We're waving a red flag. Oh, goody, bullfighting. Get out of the water. And they just carry on swimming around, you know, their little armbands and all the rest of it. They deserve everything they get. It's never interesting me, Australia. Seriously. Even the food looks dull. They're not known for anything, are they? You know, you come here and you go, what's England famous for? Chinese and kebabs. You know, not necessarily in that order. And you go to Australia, they go, so what's Australia famous for? not know nothing there's no there's no food which is synonymous with australia yes i mean and yeah, roadkill is popular isn't it over there yeah today we're having koala you know <laughs> another little marsupial managed to make this one last over the christmas period you know <laughs> there is no food is there australia is not known for food Whereas you go to you know china famous for chinese food what is australian food anything that comes in a polystyrene box i should imagine I can't imagine there's anything more more complicated than that. And they, I mean, they do have Australian cooking shows on the television, and that's basically a couple of drunk Aussies standing there with a bottle of beer over a barbecue, saying, "Today we're having a barbie," and that's their, their cooking pro. And the Australians lap it up like there's no tomorrow. They sit there going, "It's another cooking program." Muriel, oh, we lost Muriel. Uh, come back, everybody, come back in the sitting room because we've got another fantastic cookery program, and it turns out not to be a. Not to be a great cookery programme at all. Uh, what else do we have today? Uh, we have today a new book. Oh, I mentioned that new book, Revealing the Plight About the Child Refugees. Many of you listening will remember that as children you were evacuated out into the country and you turned up at the station. You didn't know when you were going to see your mummy and daddy again. And they gave you a little box which had your gas mask in it. And, uh, and you got carted off to some family. My mother went to Wargrave with a family in Wargrave. I think because it was safer to be outside of London. And so they sent all the little kids off on the, on the trains. Uh, some went back to discover they had no house. Some went back to discover that uh, their parents had died in, a, in an air raid. And so all these little kids were around, all looking exactly the same. There's thousands of pictures of the kids arriving at the stations in London. Must have been a terrible time. And I should imagine. My mother used to get really upset going back through the East End of London. We used to go and visit family over in Gansill and Ilford. When we used to come back through the East End, she used to get quite teary. I'd say, what are you getting teary about? And she used to go, because I remember it when it was all bombed. You know, you'd drive through bombed out areas or get the bus or whatever it was. Terrible times. But anyway, we came through it. And that's why we're here with LBC this morning. And that's why I'm in such a chipper mood. I'm in a very good mood, actually. won't last, don't worry. By the time we get to about half past, I'll be in that filthy bad mood that I generally am on a Monday morning. Now, I'm not really, actually, because I've got no interviews to do today at all. So I quite like that, you see. I quite like no interviews on a Monday, because that means I can go out and maybe go to the gym and uh, or I might go and see my friend Bob, or, my, yeah, I'm sorry, did you think gymnasium? No, if I'd meant gymnasium, I'd have said gymnasium. I'm going to see my friend Jim later on today. Nice new code.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: I shouldn't traditionally like Monday. It's not, it's not the best day of the week. It's because you've had the weekend, and you think it'd be quite nice to make it go on a bit longer. Well, if you get flu or bronchitis, it can. But for the rest of you, you've got to go to work. Simple as that. Sally says, uh, sorry, Steve, but the shine is great. Knock spots off the X factor and similar. People who disagree have no idea. Well, it's lost over half a million people. That's a huge amount to lose. Huge amount to lose. And so it proves that the, uh, the public are turning off. Uh, Barry and Darren are living uh, in a fire station. Well, somebody's got to be in a fire station in North London. Where would that be? I don't know North. I'm really bad on North London. I only do West London. A bit sort of, bit sort of uh, remote. I'm afraid when it comes to things like that. Andy says I've been on the telephone preference list for years and rarely get cold calls. Occasionally I get one. Any number I don't know. As I bring the phone up, I say to an imaginary friend, "You make a start on the blood and I'll move the body." Fifty percent of the callers hang up on me. How rude! Yes, I mean I, I just I mean just leave them hanging there. Wind them up. It's like if ever I get post, which is. Not for me. And it does. I promise you, it really doesn't happen. That's the mailing preference service, where it's people sending you unwarranted um, different advertisements for things. I just write back on it, not known at this address, and put it back in the postbox. Let them pay twice. That's what you have to do. Because when it goes back to them, they have to pay again. So I'm always doing that. That's, uh, that's a very, po- very popular one round our way. Uh, Soz, I was so sozzled. This is the half-brother of Prince Harry's girlfriend, Meghan, has apologised for his gun arrest, blaming his drinking. Thomas Markle, junior, 50. How's he a half-brother? Anyway, allegedly put a pistol to his lover's head in Oregon. (laughs) riveting. Just the kind of person we want sort of moving in. So will he be coming to the wedding? God, you hope not, don't you? Gary Barlow's show, Let It Shine, was beaten by The Voice. Lost a million viewers. His audience peaked at 5.7 million, which is down from 6.8 million. That's a hell of a lot to lose, actually. I mean, that really is too many to lose. Although, to be honest with you, I've said this before, it makes no difference... Um, what the audiences are on BBC programmes because they're going to they're gonna persevere with it anyway. It's your money they're wasting. It's not like you have to rely on it. In other words, if it was on ITV and it lost this amount of, like, they'd have had to axe the programme because they rely on advertising. And if you get a programme that doesn't get the audience, nobody's. Why would you want to advertise on a programme that's got no audience, even though you know it might have five point seven million. In advertising terms, that'd be a disaster. What, it's hemorrhaging that much and you think we want to advertise on it? Good God, no. We want to advertise on a, on a proper programme. On a proper programme that gets an audience. So, not so great. And I think, you know, much as though he's lovely and I'm sure he's very talented, he's bloody boring. <laughs> he really is. He can't help it. He's just boring. You know, he was always boring when he was with Take That. He was always the one who couldn't actually uh, dance. But, um... It's, it's just one of those things, isn't it, you know, that you sort of... There are certain programmes you like on television, certain programmes you don't like. Obviously, like Gary Barlow, I thought he was great on X Factor, but he just didn't fit in because they were, they were looking for a couple of bimbos to sit there and spout nonsense, knowing nothing. Why you'd ever ask Cheryl Cole anything about music, I can't imagine. But people liked looking at her because that was, as long as she didn't open her mouth, she was fine. More on Gunner Better, Bruv's Booze Vow, Charged on Pistol... Uh, There's a picture of of him, you know, dressing up as a woman. Harry's girl's family tell of shock. You must have known about him, surely. (laughs) Surely. Now we know about him too. But worse still, now the royal family know about it. Imagine the Queen's going to be thrilled about that. My God, they'll have to have extra security at the wedding. Four in ten pregnant mothers are boozers. Which is interesting, isn't it? I'm not at all surprised everybody seems to booze nowadays. That's all they seem to do. That's all they seem to do. Experts found the UK came fourth globally for the proportion of expectant mothers who booze. Ireland was worse. Six in ten women booze, followed by uh, Belarus, and then Denmark. Denmark, isn't that odd? I've never thought about that. Uh, the big freeze is over. Some areas will be warmer than Barcelona this week. And uh, Mariah Carey and Elton John were paid to sing at the wedding of a billionaire's granddaughter. Grand, not even daughter granddaughter. So uh, Elton John kicked off this nine hour show because that's what they do and um, uh, there was a star studied um, bill booked by Irene's granddad, Russian businessman Valerie Kogan for the celebration at the Landmark Hotel. Mariah thought to charge two and a half million to perform, flew in from the uh, USA at the young couple's request and uh, Elton then uh, did it. He dedicated the hit Tiny Dancer I like Tiny Dancer, it's a great record, actually. And so they spent all this money. They had a a DJ set from uh, Mark Ronson, Antonio Banderas made a speech. All these sort of people, it's, you know, because they've got loads and loads of money, so they buy, you know, if you had enough money, you'd do the same. You'd probably try and book Elton John or Mariah Carey. Um... Which is is great, if that's what they want. I couldn't care less. It doesn't make any difference to me. I don't look with envy, though. That's the funny thing, isn't it? You don't sort of think, oh, I'm really jealous that they've got that much money. They can afford to spend two and a half million on Mariah Carey, who comes over and does a, you know, a 45-minute set or a half hour. Whatever it happens to be, it's still the fact you can afford to actually get them to come and perform for you. Elton John's done it a few times, I think. George Michael, I'm sure, did it for a Russian oligarch. And I think he was about a million. Because they just go, how much do you want? Who's your favourite artist, darling? Um... The Teletubbies. okay. we'll get the Teletubbies. Money is no object. So they then contact, you know, whoever the production company is. They say, we'd like the Teletubbies to come and do something for my daughter's five-year-old birthday. And lo and behold, the Teletubbies turn up. That's what you could do when you're very rich. You know, and you've got a bit of intelligence. Tamara Tamara Eccleson, of course, isn't the brightest penny in the box. In fact, to say she's a bit simple would be an understatement. I mean, that really would be an understatement. A bit like, and I'm sorry to go on about it, but I will... In the free podcast for today, because I was, I was seeing the uh, the Twitter uh, remarks coming back after that ghastly old bag from Geordie Shore went on to uh, to Celebrity Big Brother. She's not a celebrity; she's certainly big though in the rear end department, and uh, just the most disgusting language I've ever seen on television. Perhaps it's their new thing on Big Brother to put on revolting, disgusting, low rent, chavvy, disgusting old tarts. And have them perform on television. Why don't they just sort of employ a load of old porno stars? Then we can do away with all this messing around with. Oh, will you or will you not get your bits out for us? Because at some point they're all going to do it. Callum Best sitting there. What a big-headed man he is. Oh, dear me, honestly. Big-headed and no talent. But that seems to be most of the Big Brother house. They really are the lowest of the low. And you get these people from Geordie Shore. They probably think it's being really clever. I can't wait to see them. When they... I won't, of course, I won't be alive. When they get to about 50 and their career has been washed up for about 15 years and they've got nothing to do and they have to sort of go on television and admit that they've turned to hooking to try and make ends meet. And then, of course, the, 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 the nicest thing is they've all been through depression. Everybody... I mean, I wouldn't mind, but every single person gets depressed. Every single person gets depressed. But now it's become almost like a cliché, you know. So, so how, how do you explain your lack of talent? Depressed. OK, fine. And so they all sit there in the psychiatrist's chair. That's what it was years ago. Now it's it's talking to some therapist because they can't deal with their own lives. Their lives are so shallow and so vacuous that they can't deal with it themselves. So they have to go and talk to other people. And so that's why I think you're going to find this might be this week or today. Loose women have dragged on well-known co Daniela Westbrook with her son. With her son, who's so proud of the way that she's come out and told everybody about how she shoved half a Columbia up her nose. Well, whoopee doo, Kai. That's why you've got nothing, because your mother is basically up the wall with it all. OK? That's it. I don't know why they're laughing to call her an actress. She's just an embarrassment. But of course, never stopped having children or sleeping with, uh, with guys and then selling the story afterwards. And it's a really, really tragic waste. A tragic waste. Uh, Gemma Atkinson's in the papers today. Lovely. Why? Because she's on holiday with a photographer. And if you go on holiday with your photographer, he's got to take pictures, and then he's got to, um, he's got to try and sell them to a newspaper. So they sort of, can, can we get another picture of her? What's, what's she doing? Uh, nothing. She's just standing in the water. Well, covering mud or something. Okay, we're covering mud. So they're covering mud. And lo and behold, uh, they get a picture in the uh, in the paper. There's um, another person here doing another diet. It's just these are skinny people who were never really fat in the first place. Uh, they've always been skinny because when you when you're young you can lose weight fairly fairly quickly. When you get a bit older it becomes a bit more. And so it's a case of you know do this diet. What was it? Somebody wrote the other day to. Oh, it was one of these people who brought something. Out. I think she was. Uh, oh, it was Jennifer Ellison. Jennifer Ellison who used to be. Uh, good on Brookside, and then of course her career disappeared completely, and she turned up in a few little shows. And uh, I think she's got her own DVD out again. And somebody wrote to her on Twitter and went, "You're such an inspiration to all of us fat people." Now I know if you can do it, I can do it. And I thought, who wrote that? Was that the publisher? Load of old crap in it, really. It really
0: is. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Oh, got another one of those things the other day. Oh, Amazon are going to make an attempt to deliver your thing. I've only got to push it through a letterbox. No, totally beyond them. Unfortunately, they couldn't make the delivery. What, the driver didn't bother? I mean, seriously, it's a letterbox. No, not here. This was at home. I thought, I'll, I'll be different. I'll sort of vary it to make it more entertaining for myself. And so I said, you know, deliver to home. All they've got to do is push it through a letterbox. They managed it every other time. But uh, this time, no, the driver couldn't affect um, a delivery. Why? Because he obviously drove straight past. That's why. Bloody outrageous! It really—I'm swearing way too much on this program. Honestly, I've used the word bloody twice now, but I am a little bit because I cut myself the other day. Have you ever had a paper cut? Oh my god, that hurts! Oh, that hurts a lot. Uh, eat chili, live longer. Apparently, chili's good for you. Hot red chili peppers—it sort of wards off heart trouble and strokes. Blimey! So they say it could be a beneficial component. That's what they say. They've done a survey of people over a, over a number of years. Poor old Victoria Beckham going out. She is Billy no mates, isn't she? Because she went off shopping uh, in Belgravia, whereas Dave went off with uh, with his boy. Uh, I think it was Cruz, who's eleven, uh, because Dave's not working, and so she goes out wearing the most hilarious flared trousers. These went out in the 1970s, dear. I mean, there's nothing clever about them. And if you're emaciated and stick thin, it looks even worse. They're supposed to be skin tight, but because she doesn't have any skin, there's nothing for them to adhere to. And so she's wearing this sort of funny little white jacket, the obligatory dark glasses, which is okay, The hair's looking a bit rough at the moment. But these trousers, they're just dragging on the ground. They look awful. They don't even fit. Dave, of course, with the flat cap. Whip it, yeah, Oh, I eat all this and all that kind of stuff. And Cruz has got the same flat capper because Dave's a designer as well now. Did you know that? Did you know that uh, Dave was a designer? He apparently has designed a range of clothing. Um, I don't actually believe he has. I'm a bit cynical about things like this. Since when? Did he ever go to art class? No, he just kicked a football around. Uh, Cadbury's chocolates from Poland definitely taste inferior, says Sue. I don't know why. It's it's the same recipe. If it came from America, I could understand it. But Poland tastes it. Mind you, not that I eat uh, chocolate. I really, I'm really not a... I have eaten, don't get me wrong, I have eaten chocolate. But I wouldn't buy a bar of chocolate. Like, I can't remember the last time I bought a bar of fruit nut. Or, or, um, what was the other one? Dark chocolate, Bourneville. I used to like a bit of Bourneville, but I don't even eat that now. But the, but the one word I want to see on chocolate, to give it, you know, a bit of a standard, is Belgian. Because their standards are obviously a lot higher... Uh, you know, I couldn't care. If it said Poland, I couldn't care less. I'm really not interested. Uh, Big Brother's turned into a carry on movie. Carry on, old tart, says Mark. So embarrassing. Bought any more bargains from QVC? I've never bought from QVC in my life. Never bought from QVC. As regular listeners to this programme, listen, if you can't keep up with it and you come up with factuous statements about have you bought any bargains from QVC, knowing I've never bought from QVC. Uh, somebody says, did you witness the terrible bullying of Kim by Nicola McLean and James Jordan? The foul language and aggression uh, from Nicola McLean showed towards Kim being enough to warrant her arrest for a public order offence, says Chris in Brentwood. I mean, she is just disgusting, Nicola McLean. Well, we've seen her drunken antics, as indeed has her husband. She's a real class act, isn't she? Draping herself over an ex-footballer. And James Jordan was always a bully. He, he's never not been a bully. He's a nasty little piece of work. Wasn't he the one who said he wanted to go out and punch somebody in the face over something? That was when she was on I'm a Celebrity. Oh, horrible person. Horrible. But there again, you know, I say give it another year, you won't be worrying about them because they won't even be in the sight. You know, There'll be different people who, who fit into my, into my radar. Um, and it certainly won't be James Jordan. It certainly won't be poor old Nicola McLean. Poor old bag. By that time, the husband will have divorced her because she's quite clearly a liability when she's drunk liability when she's sober actually but it's just it's just the most awful language i mean i'm not a prude believe you me i'm not a prude but listening to these women come and colleen nolan dear god how much below the, the, the gutter line do you have to go to disgusting disgusting but of course they um, they were all getting very excited weren't they on loose women the other week when they're going oh she's been bullied by big brother no she's the bully she's the bully that's the thing. You've got to sort of, you know, you got to bring it into uh, the thing. But there again, I'm sure they'll love talking to that co Daniela Westbrook, and probably sympathising, and she'll do the usual teary bit. Now she's dragged on the family. I suppose we're going to get that for uh, forever and a day. Really enjoyed, says Colin. Your chat with Rick Wakeman. Very talented man who's never forgotten his roots. Yes, he was. he was very good. Very, very good. We liked uh, we liked Rick Wakeman. It was good. Actually, on, on reflection, it was actually one of my very good chats. I do have good chats with people because I look at them and just as a, well, it is a conversation, and I love it. And it was a very good one with him. Very good one. Bit disappointed. We must book Jane Fallon back in again I don't want to lose that one because that's Ricky Gervais's other half, and um, and she was not well apparently on Friday. Oh oh yes please yes I'll have the milk. I didn't find any milk earlier on. I don't think... We're going through a milk shortage. People must be drinking... Ga- oh, I'll tell you what I did the other day. I went to Waitrose. You know, other supermarkets are available. And you have to say that in case somebody goes, you're being paid by Waitrose. The answer is, I wish. And, um, and I bought that gold top milk again. I bought two litres of it. Have you ever had it? I'll bring some in tomorrow. You'll, you'll love it. I promise you. I'll give it to you and it'll be like liquid cream... It's, uh now that I can't remember. Is it as good as a glass? It's, it's very nice. It's very creamy. It's only from Jersey Cows. And it's, and you get a litre of it for about one pound ten, which I could just about afford. I sort of had to scrape the pennies off them, you know, find a bit of penny tucked behind the car seat. Thank you. And, um, and I, I've left it in the fridge. I'll bring it in tomorrow because it was, it was absolutely delicious last time around. But if you know, as you know, if you listen to this programme on a regular basis, I'm not supposed to drink too much gold milk gold top milk because it's very creamy and very rich thank you very rich very very creamy and it's about 500 calories in a bottle which is like an awful lot of calories little thing like me so you can have a glass every so often says phil vickery but not all the time i mean i would never drink a litre of it i would i would probably feel ill but i did have a, a thing this morning i bought these apples which are red delicious and they're absolutely delicious apples. I mean, the they and nice i am not really a big apple fan, but these are particularly good. Uh, that benefits mum's story that I did on the programme yesterday has resurfaced today. This is somebody—it's another one of these attention seekers. Uh, she caused controversy. She moaned. At, she's uh, she's been in the papers before, so you can tell she's an attention seeker. And she claims she can't get a job as a mechanic as uh, perverts keep hitting on her. Uh, she gets £31,000 in handouts. She's got uh, eight children. She's a former lap dancer. They'll obviously take anybody on nowadays. And uh, she said she's being held back by sexism in the industry. And, uh She was quitting her part-time caring job to go back on the dole as it was mentally draining. Look, after the kid, we've got to stop this benefit culture. We really have. So because it was mentally draining, I'm going to stop working and go back on benefits. No, darling, we're taking it away from you. I'm sorry. Your problem if you have lots of children, that's nothing to do with us. That's your business. If you're that dumb that you have loads of children and you don't chase the fathers for maintenance and everything else, who are these people who are having sex with that are giving you children and not bother paying for the children? I mean, seriously. You need to sort of look at your life very carefully. It's like how many children has um, Daniela Westbrook got? She, she's got a few children, hasn't she? She's got i think she must have four or something like that. It's a bit like um, she's got Daniela Westbrook's got two. Is that all she's got? I thought she had more than two. God. Just seems like more than two. Oh no, it's Kerry Katona who's got four, isn't it? And uh, and the other who's the other talentless one? Oh, pricey. Nobody ever messes with the Pricey. Everybody does, darling. That's why they give you a child each time. Uh, I think she's got five. Four or five. She had two with the latest Philanderer, and uh, And then she's got one or two. Yeah, Pri- Pricey's got five and Katona has four. And, of course, you know, Pricey has sort of a job, sort of. And Katona's got nothing. Just finished doing pantomime. But, I mean, to be honest with you, very shortly she's going to be way too old for Panto. She's pushing it now. She did her back in apparently and just couldn't, just couldn't manage it. Dreadful, isn't it? But this woman here, I'd get her off benefits immediately. Oh, that's nice actually. Uh, Katie Price, for her latest calendar, uh, she's had to go completely naked. Wow, that's really. Ooh, sorry, I'm really sick then. I felt quite bilious. And um, it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? So they've stuck some sort of bit of fake hair on her. She's got the cheap tart tattoos up her leg, hanging onto her fake breasts. And that apparently is glamorous, is it? God. The trouble is, everybody knows she's not. That's the trouble. She's not glamorous. And also, why does she bother hiding it? She's made a porno film, for goodness sake. What's the point? We've seen everything, darling. You've got nothing left to hide. Looked a bit tired then. And now they've got these sort of emotion. But then, of course, you realise, you go, yeah, I think. Do you remember that lovely programme she did on the television, which nobody watched? And uh, she looks out the studio window and goes, are the paparazzi out there? And somebody went, no. <laughs> look at the state of it honestly, small wonder Kieran cheated <laughs> found somebody much more natural and much more interesting and so when 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 she winks, she looks like she's got a lazy eye doesn't she, she looks like i has got a, a hot, 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 conjunctivitis looks a bit like O'Brien but look, and she's got a packet of crisps in her hand poor soul, honestly worst dressed so-called glamour model the kind of, although nobody asked her to do glamour modelling but she's gone completely naked unfortunately she hasn't which is just as well Otherwise, most of your children will be turning gay quite quickly. You know, it's really, it's just gross. What is the matter with her? Perhaps shes perhaps she's got some ill. Perhaps there is an illness. Perhaps there's sort of a, an illness about, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. Unfortunately, poor old Kerry Katona. She couldn't be attractive if her life depended on it. Oh, that's an early picture, isn't it, of her, of her topless? But they've had to cover up her nipples or something. Well, they they sort of out of sync or something. Maybe she's got one upstairs and one down. I don't know. It's all very odd. But uh, in the days when she looked glamorous, unfortunately now she doesn't look glamorous. She just looks like a tired old Botox, old baggage who's sort of desperately clinging up. But mind you, Kieran's not fussy, is he? He'll take anybody. That's why he cheated twice. These are very early shots, aren't they? Yeah, late 90s. They'd have to be. She hadn't had Botox by that time. She looked relatively normal. And she turned out to be mad as the barrel load of broomsticks that we all thought she was in the first place. In fact, she's actually got worse over the years. She's got worse. Not as bad as Daniela Westbrook. I mean, I don't know where that woman thinks her career's going. I really don't know. Really don't know. It's just, it's just an embarrassment for everybody, I'm afraid. She needs to get some medical help, and she needs to get it quickly. Stop to pretend that she's got some celebrity value, which she doesn't have, and get her into rehab. You know, take this uh, mum here who thinks she's too beautiful for a job off benefits. You think you're clever, darling? Go back to your lap dancing. All right? You don't need to be on benefit. Why are you on benefits? Why are you on benefits? We waste far too much money on these sort of people. She shouldn't be on benefits. Unless somebody genuinely needs... Just because somebody doesn't want to work, I'm afraid, I, you know, I'm sorry. If I was in the benefit office, they'd have to put me behind bulletproof glass. I'd be stopping people left, right and centre. So I'll come in for my benefits, mate. So What do you do? Uh, I can't work. Why? I'll get depressed. Well, you better find a job that doesn't make you depressed. Goodbye. Next. I'd be very harsh about it. I'm sorry. I think we waste far too much money on benefit. Can you imagine going to Mogadishu and the benefit office is where? I'm sorry. I'm in in Afghanistan. Excuse me. Hello, local tribesman. Where is the benefit office? (coughs) You know, that would be the benefit office. They don't have it. Only over here. Small wonder they're building up the transit camps in Calais again. Why do they all want to come to this country? Because you can thieve, rob, murder, rape, and get away with it all the time. There's a killer just about to be released from prison. 20-year sentence, which is okay. Two years they've served. Two years. The papers are apoplectic about it. All of that and more. And the the mother flying in to give birth to twins. It's cost you 350000 Any chance of getting the money back? Of course there's not. Don't be silly. We're still chasing the other one who turned up over here and cost us about 200000 There's loads of people. They fly in have the, uh, the children, because we have a duty of care, and they know that. And um, as far as I'm concerned, they arrive in this country... Where are you going to? Uh, hospital. Next plane. Back. Out. Straight away. Simple as that. If they're well enough to get on a plane, they're well enough to fly back on it again. 350,000. Hope your parents are getting the help they need in the NHS. People who've actually genuinely paid in.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Hill Vickery writes, Steve, two litres? I know. I know. It was a week. Was I thought one might not have done, but I'm going to bring a bring a litre in tomorrow for them. Uh, why is nobody saying George Michael and others died young after years of drug abuse? demanded the Daily Mail on the 29th of December. They they did a feature on George Michael, and they were sort of saying, you know, nobody's mentioned the fact that he's died young because he did years of, of drug abuse. Uh, columnist Stephen Glover sort of intoned that whilst pop stars and actors are dying prematurely in middle age, there seems to be a link between them which few observers have cared to notice. Mr Glover was forced to admit that in 2016, cases of Carrie Fisher, heart attack, Rick Parfitt infection, following a shoulder injury and David Bowie, cancer, no link between their death and drug use had actually been established. But he did get in ahead of the coroner in George Michael's case and declare, it's surely possible, even probable... That his industrial consumption of drugs over many years was a major contributory factor. Glover did, however, miss one celebrity death from the past year. Yes, step forward columnist Stephen Glover. He would have it would have aided his the- thesis that of the, the Daily Mail's own astrologer, the appropriately named Jonathan Kaner, who passed away in fifty-eight, was in fact a long term coke user, and a contributing factor in his death. Although it was a matter of public record, one paper didn't print a single word of it. Step forward, the Daily Mail again. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Right on your own doorstep. It's like you could probably go through a list of people, couldn't you? Of people in the business that you know take cocaine. I could tell you of of quite a few actors, quite a few all sorts of people who take cocaine. Now, I don't have a problem with that. That's their business. I just don't want to hear about it from them. So I'm not interested if, um, if Kerry Coke Toner has done drugs. I couldn't care less. Really, that's her business. If she's too simple to understand it, fair enough. I couldn't care less about Daniela Westbrook and her nose falling apart or dragging her son. onto I couldn't care less. Just don't put them on television. Don't give them the oxygen of so-called celebrityism because that ruins it. And it just makes them believe that they're really important. Whereas, in fact, in the scheme of things, they're not. They're the lowest of the low. And don't come back with, oh, it's an addiction. They, everybody starts somewhere. All I've said, every single time you see Daniela... And I bet you nobody will ask her this on Loose Women today. Who's your dealer? Where are you getting the coke from, dear? I bet you she wouldn't tell you. But she should be. The police should be arresting her after the programme. And saying, right, who's your... Taking away the phone and finding out who her dealer is. Because this person should be arrested. I couldn't, you know, that's the only way you stop people like Daniela Westbrook from bleating on about her cocaine addiction. Is to take away the fact she can get cocaine. But as it's so easy, the police have lost that one years ago. But why has nobody ever asked her on television? They sort of put her on programme so she can bleat on about how dreary her life is. A boring existence. But there again, we were bored with her for many, many years now. Thank you very much indeed. Why she never said who her who her dealer is. Because if you remember at one point, she'd would uh, she been beaten up by her dealers, she claimed, in a book. And, uh, and then strangely enough, the dealer still had her phone number. So obviously she either hasn't changed... Her her phone number, or she just tells the dealers where she is at any one time. I don't I don't quite get it actually. I don't quite get it at all. But there again, I don't do cocaine, so I'm Mr. Goody Two Shoes. Nathan says one good thing about an early start is the Steve Allen show on LBC. Well, that's what the four, that's what the audience figures say. That's what we, you can't you can't argue with audience figures. You know, you can only. I'm very upset about Ringling Brothers. It's been an institution for God about a hundred and something years over in uh, America. And a lot of our lion tamers, we have quite a few in this country, that go abroad and work in circuses with animals that they've bred themselves. I think Thomas Chipperfield has got a, has got a, a lion actor. There's loads of other people. I've got books on it. Because I'm, I'm a huge fan of circus. I never thought that Ringling Brothers... Now that's going to be interesting. You know why that's interesting? Because there is one town in America which is known as Circus Town. And that place is Sarasota sarasota is circus town for some reason that was the winter quarters for the circus you can see circus performers i mean they don't walk about in sparkly outfits up and down the street but uh, sarasota is circus town in america i think they've got a big museum out there and and everything else I mean, it's it's kenneth feld the chairman of the uh, company which owns the circus said it's been a very difficult decision for the entire family so it ends in may They've said basically it's the high operating costs and the ongoing battles with animal rights groups. So is, are we saying that you cannot put any animals in circuses? And for that, are we including dogs, cats, budgies? Is that what we're saying? Because there's a number of well-known acts in this country. I told you I went to see a, a circus in uh, Twicken. They had a Pussycat Act. And then a few people complained about it going, oh, a Pussycat Act. And you think, but wait a minute. Every single person trains their dogs and cats at home. You train it to walk to heel. You train it to sit, lie down. Guard dogs are trained. What's the difference? Is it, you know, and then you, and you clap them. I imagine the animals get off on it. If ever you've been to the Blackpool Tower Circus and watched the, watch the, watch the dogs playing football, they love it. It's exercise. But, of course, there's those people who stand outside and go, oh, no, it's cruel. Well, put it this way, it might be in certain aspects. We've seen it over the years. But there again, I could probably show you chapter and verse on children who've been bullied and abused so their parents can push them into little beauty pageants. Not unsimilar, ladies and gentlemen. Over in America, some have even lost their lives. But there's all sorts of people who go out there and sort of dress up as lions and everything else, wild animals, all this kind of thing. But uh, in the 1910s, the Ringling Brothers' big top was said to use 335 horses, 26 elephants, 16 camels. They travelled on 92 railway carriages. It was, it was basic. We, we have a book out here, which is called The Circus That Travelled By Train. And uh, that was Bertram Circus, which I went to see on numerous occasions at Olympia. And uh, I thought that was great. I can't remember that they had animals first time around. They didn't have animals. Whatever it was, you know, that's what circus is. Go, go abroad. You'll see animals in circuses. I understand what sort of uh, PETA say and all the other groups, and I understand that. If somebody is is using ill-treatment to ill-treat animals, well, then they should be be affected by it. But uh, mainly, it's like a dog. You know, dog sit, biscuit. Paw, paw. I've seen people doing it. What's the difference? Is that... Yeah, then SeaWorld, where, of course, the orca got its its own back on the trainer and dragged her under and held her under until she died. And people went, whoa, No! And you think, but look at what they're in. This is a whale. It's in, all right, albeit a tank. It's not the ocean, is it? It's not the ocean. So that's why. And we've all been there. But there again, I've been to see bullfighting. The circus has said that the uh, remaining animals, uh, including lions, tigers, camels, alpacas, kangaroos and llamas, will go to suitable homes. I want a camel. I want a camel. You could put your hand up and get one. I want an alpaca. Oh, no, they spit. Don't they? Alpaca spit. Kangaroo no, do not want a kangaroo. I think that's a boxing kangaroo. That could be useful, couldn't it? Don't touch the kangaroo. He'll lay you out. Yeah, we could find a friend for him, couldn't we? And a llama. They're they're pretty. Alpacas you do for their hair because they have that soft hair. A lion's or t- on a lion or a t- I don't know. I'll have to think about whether I want a lion or a tiger. It'll freak the neighbors out, won't it? What was that noise we just heard? No, Steve just said he got a cat. <laughs> That could be exciting, couldn't it? Uh, so anyway, so that's uh, that's actually going, which is a shame, really, because it w- was an institution. But uh, as I say, every time I see somebody training a dog, I always go, "Sorry, just let it do what it wants to do." I watched um, uh, um, um, the um, the detective the other day, uh, Columbo, and it was the one with the with the dogs trained to attack on a on a key word trained dogs. You know, you can have a dog who's quite normal, like police dogs. They're, they're quite normal dogs until they go into their mode of, of tracking criminals. That's what they're employed for. And we have them up at Twickenham Police Station. Da- Where's Brian gone to? Brian from Twickenham Police da- uh, Twickenham Police Station. Twickenham Railway Stations. Not been there for ages. Lenny, I've not seen for ages. I've seen a few other people at Waterloo. But uh, I haven't seen uh, Brian at Twickenham Station for ages. And we're now rocketing down. Where is he? I mean, it's the 16th of January, for goodness sake. I hope he's back next week. Perhaps he's had an extended break. Perhaps he's had an extended break. And uh, what else was it? Oh, yeah, I watched this at Colombo, And it was dogs that were trained to attack on a key word. And, and that's what they do. Whenever you see dogs who are sniffing out drugs and everything else, they go into a into a moat. They know they're working when they get their collar put on and they go out there and work. And they're very clever, very sensitive dogs' noses. Mind you, they'd be better off with polar bears. Because they can sort of sense, smell from like twenty miles away. If they're going for a seal, they can they can actually do that. Um, I will tell you the story about the Olympic champion quitting the health club after being ticked off by a lifeguard. You imagine lifeguards? What do lifeguards do? They sit on very tall seats and go, "Excuse me, no jumping in." You know the Arlington Cemetery, which is you know possibly one of the most sacred places they've got in America. Uh, the guards are constantly having to tell people off for talking during the ceremonies. At Arlington ceremony, when they have the, the guards walking backwards and forwards, they, they, they tell people, Excuse me, you will be quiet. People have got no sense of the occasion. Rude, common little trailer trash people. Oh no, that's the Celebrity Big Brother, isn't it? Dreadful people. Ghastly, ghastly, ghastly. Anyway, uh, what have we got? We've got the news at five coming up very shortly on LBC this Monday morning. I'm Steve Allen. It's the 16th of January. The lack of outdoor play is ruining children's eyes. Who wants to play outside? It's wet. Well, there was snow. The kidnapped baby finally back with the parents. It's a child. She's 18. She'll be voting very shortly. Uh, the Queen dazzles, but there again, she always dazzles. Uh, the boss can spy on you 24-7 if he so chooses. Can't wait. <laughs> How are open borders let Lithuanian serial robbers fly in for a heist. Uh, the £4.50 sandwich that cost the girl her easy jet job because she thieved it. Well, I say she thieved it. She's allergic to nuts. She's been there three years. Why this has never been mentioned, I've got no idea. But anyway, uh, they settled out of court. She was going to retire anyway. She's just become uh, pregnant.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, a pretty Monday, 16th of January. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. This is what the world comes out uh, to play and to listen to in the morning. If you've ordered anything from a company, spare a thought from a lady here. Maureen Ellis ordered a bunk bed Which the uh, store, Marks and Spencers, said they would um, assemble at the home. But when a worker came round to fit it, he quickly left, telling her he didn't have the item in his van. Uh, Maureen, who's a healthcare assistant, called M&S and was told the bed was not delivered because there was a stink that posed a health and safety risk. Maureen has six cats and a dog. Okay, she said, I told them my house doesn't smell. Well, of course, if you've got six cats and a dog, you probably if it was somebody who didn't have six cats and a dog, they would probably smell it. I've seen the house doctor. I've seen the house doctor on many an occasion. She said, can you not smell your dogs? And they've gone, no, because other people can't. So sorry, you can't. But other people can. Anyway, she says, I've had guests over all the time. They said they couldn't deliver, but uh, could assemble it at another address. I was so embarrassed. Maureen, who worked for MS for a decade, says she now has no bed for her grandkids Well, will buy it somewhere else. Stop whinging. God, it's this country that we've got into this state here. Uh, the store said they were investigating so they've got a picture of her looking miserable. You know, if you didn't get joy there, darling, go somewhere else. Don't sit there moaning on like a moany Mary. It's very, very depressing, or a moany Maureen. You know, if they won't deliver it because the bloke goes, your house stinks. Go somewhere else. Go and buy it somewhere else. Now, of course, she hasn't got a bed. Oh, world shortage of beds in Birmingham. God, in heaven, honestly, what is the matter with this country? We're turning into, you know, it's like when they had it on Big Brother. And I always laugh, actually. I laugh, actually, most of the things are called on Big Brother. But in this particular occasion, they were they were telling, you know, um, Colleen, know that she was fake. Which, of course, that's what they decided. The British public decided she was fake. So they told her she was fake. What does she do? promptly burst into tears. This is the woman who bullied Katie Hopkins. Do you remember when, when Colleen bullied? Stinky old ashtray Colleen. Oh, I'm going to give up smoking. She can't get... She's a bundle of nerves. I'm going to lose weight. No, you're not. And um, and she was... on. Then she bursts into tears when somebody says, you're fake. And she was branded fake. You know, Callum Best branded big-headed because he is He's a big-headed, but with no reason for being big-headed. He's got no talent at all. He just wants to bed cheap women, which is the ideal place for him to go to, isn't it, big brother? And then you've got that, that Nicola MacLean. I mean, the foul language that emanates from her children must be delighted if they're of the age where they can watch and appreciate what mummy does for a living. Nothing. Flirt with other men apart from daddy. That can't be long for this world, can it, really? And then the other one, then sort of Jasmine Waltz, who just tries to bed somebody. Some poor old bag from Geordie Shore comes in and demands all sorts of things and just has arguments. I mean, they actually, is it worse than Love Island? Is it worse than Love Island? I don't know. And I have to be quite honest with you. I've never seen Love Island. But it was so desperate the other day. They had a programme on the television which had celebrities on I've never heard of celebrities who they might or might not have been hookers from Liverpool. I've no idea, seriously. I mean, really, it could have been anybody at all. And then it turned out that one of them, one of the people on the panel who was just quite quite dull, was the voiceover man from Love Island. That was his claim to fame. He was the voice... What a boring git he turned out to be. That And he said, oh, a lot of people expect to be a 45-year-old, you know, old man with sort of three kids or something like that. I thought, no... I expect you to be one of those silly people with funny voices that they put on Love Island and it won't go any further. But he seriously thought that he was a celebrity. He put himself up on a programme which was celebrity based. But there's nobody's celebrity on there. And, and I thought, the voiceover is the celebrity. I mean, how bad is that? Uh, John says, uh, plenty of snow in Salzburg. How lovely. Salzburg is so pretty. So, so pretty. I mean, it really is. It's lovely, isn't it? Isn't that nice? And you do get the horse-drawn um, things. I was going to call it a fiaker but I think that's the ones with, which have got wheels on, the fiakers but I don't know what they're... Perhaps they just call it a sledge or something. When it snows in Austria, though, it, it comes down like rain. It's, <laughs> it comes to, It's so pretty. Sorry? Yeah, the cars are buried in the snow. Well, they do. I mean, it comes down and it's... And it's, it's, it's very pretty provided you're inside with, with a nice mug of hot tomato soup and some bread to dunk in it. But it is it is beautiful, Salzburg. It really is. In fact, the whole of the, uh, of the Tyrol, the whole of the countryside around there is absolutely beautiful. And I just think things look lovely with the dusting of snow. When it all starts melting, it looks ghastly. But because it's so cold over there, it does stay for quite a while. Uh, Andy's been on a, a telephone preference system for years... So oh, that, we mentioned that earlier. Sorry, I've already done that. I do beg your pardon. And um, so it's right. But I've, I've said to you before, if you're on a telephone's preference system, don't answer the telephone because they're calling from outside the country. The jurisdiction does not apply to them. It only applies to people calling from this country. So just have an answer phone. Most phones have got them built in. If I don't answer my phone here, it goes to answer phone. You know, if I don't answer FaceTime, it just goes to where somebody could leave a message if they so desire. But uh, that's it. Don't answer the phone. I seriously, I got so angry with a friend of mine once. We are abroad and the phone rang and he goes, I don't recognise that number. Hello? I said, Why are you answering it? Why are you answering it? Is it this desperate sort of, you know, thing that you want to talk to somebody? Colleen Nolan thinks she's the nation's sweetheart, says Jane. She's a bit deluded and fake. Oh, she's certainly not the nation's sweetheart. Absolutely never was. She was. She never sang with the Nolan. She la would she never sang at all. She can't sing. We know. We've heard that before. Otherwise, she'd be singing all the time. But, of course, it's just another another string to the bow. As I said before, you know, she announces to the world's press that her marriage is in trouble. And then, you know, I've got to try and, you know, because he's fallen out of love with me. I'm not surprised, judging by your behaviour in the Big Brother house. If that's what you like in the Big Brother house, in the full glare of the cameras, I can only imagine you must be three times as bad away from it. So he's sort of raised, fallen out of love with her. And, um... And then she just, she just behaves badly on, on the programme. And you think, wh- wh- what do you think you're doing? Don't you have the intelligence to realise that you could turn this to your advantage? Change the public's perception of you? Don't listen to a bunch of cackling old hags on loose women who are going, oh, it's awful she's being bullied. You know, the only person who's remained dignified throughout all of this, as you know, is Jane Moore. The rest of them seem to jump on the back. Kay Adams, God dear. Has she been sitting around a cauldron of late? Of course she has. She looks like... Because nobody's interested in her. Occasionally, they let her front the programme. Most of the time, they don't. Because they want to bring it down to a level. So, when you get Daniela Westbrook on there... Remember girls, producer, listening? Because I know they do. Just, you have to ask, who is your dealer? Why have... All right, if you can't ask that question... Because it's obviously a bit complicated for you. So, we'll make it easier for you, Andrea McLean. Why don't you say to her... Why have you not informed the police who your dealer is? Would that not be a normal question? Somebody who's a cokehead. The reason to get her off the coke is take the dealer out of the equation so she can't get hold of cocaine. she would just have to go cold turkey. You know, who cares? Who gives us stuff? But what you have to do is you have to say, have you been to the police about who your, who your drug dealer is? That's a, There you go. Isn't that a good question? They won't ask it. They'll ask stupid things like, how are you? How are you coping? How's your nose? This is your son Kai. Isn't your mummy brave? Pfft. <laughs> Not in my books. Not in my books. Thank you very much indeed. Um, I will talk about evacuation later on, because there'll be many of you who remember being evacuated as children. It was quite traumatic. And I'm trying to find a story about the £4.50 sandwich, uh, which cost this girl who worked for EasyJet her job, uh, because she didn't pay for it. She basically thieved it, because for some reason she had a nut allergy. I don't quite understand how a nut allergy and thieving come into the same equation. But anyway, it obviously did. And uh, because she hadn't had anything to eat. And so I would have thought that was normal on planes. Would you not? Would you not think that was that was normal? That, that people would go, oh, there's a spare roll here or something like that. Anyway, uh, her name's Shannon Gleason. She ate the baguette because she had a nut allergy. She's worked for them for three years. Do you think, I mean, I, I mean has this not cropped up before? So she ate this uh, bacon sandwich given to her by a manager. Now, strangely enough, the reason she was fired is because the manager and her, she didn't ask for a receipt. She didn't ask for a receipt for the sandwich. I don't know why. Anyway, um, so she'd breached company policy by not asking for the receipt. Uh, EasyJet admitted that they have no system in place which tells them how many sandwiches have been eaten or how many have been eaten by the staff flying the plane. I mean, it does seem a bit ludicrous, doesn't it? It's a £4.50 bacon sandwich. But you can imagine, if the entire crew all ate the food intended for the, for the customers, then there would be a slight problem. Anyway, so um, what's-her-face is, uh, is expecting a baby now, Shannon, 22. So that's good, isn't it? That's a good, good thing to have in your career. So she's only been with them for three years. And so she flies EasyJet. But anyway, a fellow crew member told the company... (laughs) They're right sneaks on this plane, aren't they? A fellow crew member said uh, that she'd seen... So that's a woman. uh, Miss Gleason and the cabin manager eating a bacon baguette and a croque monsieur meant for customers. Excuse me, excuse me, I've seen a meeting croque monsieur, excuse me. Could narrow it down. Anyway, Miss Gleason, who'd been employed for three years, was later called to a meeting. She apologised for the incident, offered to pay back the £4.50, but was sacked alongside the cabin manager. The interesting thing is here, uh, she ate this bacon baguette and she'd not paid for it. That is the extent of the mistake. The judge added, if I rang my insurance company and told them my Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow had been stolen, they'd want to see proof that I owned it. Of course. So, in this particular case, the bloke from, uh, from EasyJet was asked in court, so if somebody brought you a cup of tea and brought tea for everybody there. Would you ask for a receipt? Yes, he said. I would ask for a receipt. God, I tell you. And this is the Ross Ross Fraser, who is the manager. He says, it doesn't say it in black and white, but the expectation is there. There is regular communication to all of the cabin crew. Judge Ord asked Mr Fraser, Ross Fraser, if they worked together and he brought back a cup of tea for everybody, would you ask me for a receipt? I would have refused the tea, Mr Fraser said. <laughs> I think there was an element of choice but anyway the paperwork, because it didn't show it, doesn't mean it hasn't been stolen and so Judge Ord questioned the fairness of the decision to fire her for gross misconduct it is at the end of the day a £4.50 sandwich she didn't take it from the trolley she wasn't responsible for ensuring it was paid for she accepted what had happened through and was open and honest she apologised straight away and she's now got three years unblemished, praise, praiseworthy service and, um, and so she was fired EasyJet have settled the matter with Miss Gleason, so can't comment any further. In other words, they've probably admitted liability. They've had to. They've paid her money. They've obviously paid money. And um, they say they can well understand policies and the honesty of our employees is really important. It was a bacon baguette. That's all it was. It was just a bacon baguette. It was, And she offered to pay you the £4 pound for Well, you can't do that. I mean, she'd only accepted the sandwich because she had a nut allergy. And she'd not been find, able to find safe food to eat whilst working abroad. Take sandwiches, darling. Take sandwiches next time or a sausage roll or something. Just take something. Just don't... Uh, don't well, you won't be taking a sandwich because you're not working for them anymore. But at the end of the day, it was just a £4.50 sandwich. That's all it was. It wasn't anything really more than that. But they've, uh, because they've actually settled it out of court, they don't want to talk about it anymore. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? £4.50 for a bacon roll. It's cheaper to go to Greggs. £1.99 in Greggs. If she if she would got the plane to land at Greggs, she could have had a bacon and sausage fresh bap with butter on. £1.99. Much better value than EasyJet. £4.50 for a bacon baguette. Where are you coming from? Gatwick, mate. Luton. Anywhere. Anywhere that doesn't
0: employ people who
1: want to eat a sandwich
0: because they've got a nut allergy. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Somebody said, uh, Steve at LBC, first a baguette, what next? Seats, duty-free, and then the plane vanishes, and everybody's just sitting on the runway. Who's got it? don't know. She was gifted it or something. It just vanished, didn't it? You're right. It always, it's funny, that, isn't it? And, and, and actually, even though it's very funny, there is more than an element of truth. It's like the person working in the shop, OK? And we all know people who work in shops. I've worked in a shop. And, uh, and you pinch something. It doesn't matter whether you work in a sweet shop or a cigarette shop, you pinch something. And if you get away with it and nobody says anything, oh, I'll do it again. And people do it again. And once they've discovered they can fiddle, then they, they do it more. Until they get to the point where they're very greedy. And then they get caught and then they have to hold their hands up and go, oh, I'm really sorry, I have got depressed. That's the answer to everything nowadays, isn't it, really? I got depressed so I turned to prostitution. I got depressed, so I turned to thieving. And once people have got away with it once, they'll do it again. Because once you know that... And also, it's the most trusted person in the place is probably the one who's robbing them blind. Because people go, but we never suspected them at all. It's like, you know, when you looked at, um, at at people who murder, they go, but they didn't look like murderers. Rose and Fred West didn't look like murderers. They didn't look like perverts of the worst possible kind. He did the decent thing and hanged himself. She, unfortunately, is still living. You know, and you think to yourself, but, you know, people say, but they look so ordinary. Of course. That's why they were successful. If they'd had the word murderer stamped over here, nobody had gone within a mile of them. Ridiculous. I'm a little bit worried about, and this this is a story that's rumbled for ages, and it's the fact that uh, Ollie Mers and his uh, brother, Ben, his twin, don't talk. In fact, the family don't talk to Ben at all. This is after Olly Murs decided that he was going to stick with the X Factor and uh, basically uh, not go to his brother's wedding. Now, I don't care. I don't know Olly Murs. I've seen him going into a, a restaurant to get a takeaway called Vaujean uh, a couple of years ago, but I don't know anything about him. I couldn't care less whether he can find a girlfriend, can't find a girlfriend. And it's not up to me whether he talks to his brother or the family doesn't talk to the brother. I really couldn't care less. What's embarrassing is that it goes into the papers. And now his mum, Mrs Ollie Murs... Sort of miss, no, yeah, miss, well, she's not Mrs. Ollie Mers, but Mummy Mers. Uh, she's talked about it. She said, uh, The rift with Ollie's twin made me sick and broke all our hearts. The family stopped talking to him. The family stopped talking to him. And uh, so, because of this ongoing feud, the brother has described Ollie Mers as being a self-obsessed sellout. I don't even know what that means. Does that mean that he's not remotely interested? He just wants to be famous. Because you remember, Ollie had a bit of a queenie fit the other day when he wasn't nominated for a Brit. They wanted him to perform, but they did. he wasn't nominated for anything. And I said that the Brit Awards is not really for people like Ollie Mers. You know, Saturday sort of superstore kind of programme with kids jumping around from the age of seven would be more. Yes, it was the, nomin- the nominations party. And then he discovered he wasn't nominated, so he, he pulled out. Obviously, going you know, I worked really hard. And all that, but it's, the Brits are not for him. The Brits are for I don't know, different people. You know, like I don't know, can't think of anything off the top of my head. Mumford and Sons would be a Brit Award thing. Oli Mers, they go. No, he's he's more sort of junior showtime, isn't he? Oli Mers is kind of like little Essex boy who jumps around on stage in tight trousers and sings his little songs. He's not he's not Brit Award. Yeah. And lost out to Coldplay, the kind of thing. So, so they now talk about the fact that uh, Ben and his wife, Amy, who wed in 2009, have not spoken since uh, because Ben and Amy stopped speaking to Ollie and the rest of the family after this bitter spat. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible? I mean, you know, as I say, nothing to do with me. I merely repeat it because it's a whole page in the mirror today, and it's taken two people to write this story. Why it takes? They must be really simple down at the mirror Two people to write this story. Mostly it's taken up by pictures. But uh, it made me ill, says, uh, says Mummy Murs, and he's an adult, and whatever problems he has with, with me, the love for your mum should be the same. He added uh, in the joint interview with his mum, what's happened isn't our fault. Ben said our family was torn apart because of X Factor. It was clear that people like Simon Cowell were more important to him than me. Ollie went on to shift the blame to Ben's partner, saying his wedding was his excuse for not having me in his life. He got into a relationship with his now wife, and I don't think she ever liked us as a family. Oh, God, if it's just rambled on, isn't it? She said this, she said that, and it's, it is like children. But as I say, once you go down that route, Ollie and Mummy Murs, of not talking to somebody, you know, it's going to end in tears. It's end in tears already, made, made Mummy Murs sick and broke all their hearts that uh, despite the rift, Ollie insisted in the Sunday Times interview that the door is always open for his twin to make amends. Ben says he wasn't interesting in responding to family comment. So you have what they call in the business a stalemate. In other words, it's not changing. They don't want to, uh, he doesn't want to talk to him. He's not, he lives in Chelmsford. I like Chelmsford a lot. Very nice. Uh, re-celebrity big brother. And uh, Lee says to spice it up, they should put a hamster in there, then watch their faces as the programme's eight viewers vote for the hamster, or even better, a leg of lamb. Yes, I mean, I I think so. I think to be honest with you, they're all just so rude. It's the language that I'm not uh, I'm not handling. I mean, I I'm not really bothered about the bad language. To be honest with you, I just don't want to hear old old slappers on the television coming up with bad. Nicola McLean is just disgusting, and that Jasmine Waltz creature. The sooner we kick her out of the country, the better. Dear me, dreadful. Uh, John says, what would be your choices for a new reality show? Cackling old hags versus hookers from Liverpool. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just think that we're heading into that, that abyss whereby the more disgusting and the more vile somebody is, and the more drunk they are, the more they want to put them on television programmes. The more cocaine you've shoved up your nose, the more they want to put you on mainstream programmes. And unfortunately, if I was running it, it would be... Compl- I understand how it works. I've said to you before, I quite understand that I've seen something in the paper and I bet you anything, you know the woman that says she's too beautiful to work and people keep hitting on her, I bet you anything she turns up on this morning. She's got eight children but she'll have farmed those out to somebody unless they're all coming down in the Sharabang and that's who they'll be looking for. That would be the sort of guest already the researchers are going she'd be a good guest. Martin Frizzell will be listening to this programme going too beautiful to work because she gets hit on by all the people it used to be a pole dancer, if you remember, they asked her benefits, 31 grand, and now she's too stressed to do anything else, so she's gone back on benefits again. So I'm expecting Pip Schofield uh, and Holly Willabooby to say, you know, don't you want to work? You know, find a job where you don't have to worry about people, you know, hitting on you or something like that. I mean, to be honest with you, the eight kids, hardly worth bothering, is it really? Don't be rude about it, but for goodness sake. But I bet you she would be a prime candidate, I think. They're not going to put this way. They're not going to get Olly Murs on and his mother because that's a family dispute. And then they'd have to get the brother on and they'd have to sort of share it. They're not going to get uh, the boyfriend of George Michael, uh, Faddy on. Uh, But apparently the latest news from Faddy's camp is that George liked uh, snooker games. I was watching snooker yesterday on the television and it had um, Ronnie O'Sullivan, who was on there. He had a little problem with the past. And at one point, he yawned. The camera cut to him, and he yawned. And I thought, "Are you st- are you too tired, sweet pea? How are you managing to stay awake?" He's, he's he's very dull and boring. He was playing some guy. was it a Chinese guy? I don't know if did the Chinese guy win because he was potting balls left, right, and centre on the table. And uh, perhaps that's why poor little Ronnie O'Sullivan uh, yawned because he obviously realised it. Did he lose? Oh, Ronnie O'Sullivan beats Liang Wenbo. Oh, what a shame. Smug little so-and-so, isn't he? Ronnie O'Sullivan. What was that family business? Hmm, let's have a think about it. What was the father in prison for? Oh, let's have a think about that one too, shall we? Uh, so, Pat Edery. I did this programme. Uh, this uh, this programme. I did this. Oh, lovely. A magazine. I love a colour sup magazine that falls out where you can order something. You know, you have to get a dog and it makes marks on a rug. And this rug will not let the marks stay there. But I think you have to buy the dog at the same time. I don't know if you get one included in the price of the rug. So it's got a picture of a dog on there. So I'm assuming, and he's. I think he's called Linen, and uh, and then you could obviously get get hold of the dog at the same time. Uh, they would have to say, yeah, exactly, if it said dog not included, because sometimes it says on the on the adverts on the television, it goes, they show you a bed, and then it goes, just the frame. You know, why, why are you showing me a whole bed then? You know, I know what a mattress looks like, I'm not stupid. And they go, headboard not included. Think, Thank God for that. Thank God, for, who has headboards nowadays? Oh, OK. Uh, so Pat Edery, champion jockey. Left his entire estate to the girl he was bonking. He didn't leave anything to the children at all. Uh, his estate was about 1.3 million. By the time you've taken off the thieving government's tax for doing nothing, uh, he got 733,000. And so his partner, Emma, uh, got that. The children, nothing. Miss Owen began working uh, for him in 2009, later moved into his home. Uh, Toby. Uh, One of the children said he was disappointed, but says, I haven't really got hard feelings because she was entitled to it as she was with him to the end. Well, there you go. It's the first sensible child we've heard. The first sensible child. Normally they go, we're taking it to court. But uh, no, he said he, he doesn't begrudge it. She was with him at the end and they weren't. And also it's somebody's last will and testament, not somebody's last will. Let's challenge it. In fact, Katie Hopkins did this the other day. She talked about wills, whether or not you've, you've, you tell people that they're in a will. I remember a friend of mine saying to me, he said, don't worry, he said, you're looked after in my will. We didn't have anything to leave, so it was a bit of a point. A bit like George Best, a bit of a pointless exercise. And I should imagine, you know, there'd be a few other people going, I mean, yeah, put it this way, if, God forbid, Daniela Westbrook died tomorrow, I shouldn't imagine there'd be a fortune, would there? She doesn't own a property, doesn't have a car, doesn't have anything at all. I have sent a car for her this morning for Loose Women.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning well, everybody, I shouted at a cyclist the other day. I had to. They were cycling uh, around uh, London uh, on my route with no lights on the bike. No lights. No lights front, no lights back. Where are the police? Get these people off the road, crush the bike in front of them and say, you'll have to blooming well walk now. Ridiculous. I've never seen it. I mean, sometimes you see cars, but that's always driven by stupid people with no lights on at all. You can flash them all you like and they, uh, they know that they haven't got their lights on. Unless they're completely off their trolleys. But uh, to see a cyclist with no lights is nothing short of stupid. Mind you, there are the other lights that they've got on bikes now, which practically blind you. It's like laser lights. I mean, what I felt like doing... The other, I mean, when I shouted at this bloke, I wound the window down. Get some b- lights, I said to him, you know, quite politely. I didn't, actually. I was very rude. He didn't appear to understand, so uh, so I did it again. <laughs> Always tell people that. Stupid people. Uh, Steve, is there a good reason the government are not doing anything about this woman coming here and costing us 350 grand? This is the NHS. This is the the tourist planes. Somebody gets on the health tourism. What it is, they know that um, you just get on a plane, the other end, and, I mean, really, customs should turn this person round and send them straight back again. Because they go, so what are you doing here? And they lie they lie then they get in a taxi and they go take me to the nearest hospital they go to the hospital and uh, if they're if they're a deserving case which 90% of them seem to be they get the treatment for free over and above anybody else this woman two children and uh, they were ill so they have a duty of care that's what we have in this country a duty of care so 350,000 quid and then she disappears back abroad again no intention of paying it no intention of paying it and the NHS does try and bill them but of course they're whistling in the wind they had no. They, they couldn't get it from the last woman called Bimbo, who came over here and cost us about £200,000, had her children, disappeared back to uh, to Lagos. No chance of paying it. No chance of coming back. They just go and got any money. What are they going to do? Try and pursue something in another country? No. I think what you should do is here, you actually arrive in, it's up to border control and customs, who are totally inept as far as I'm concerned. The of, you've got Lithuanian thieves who are travelling in here. You've got paedophiles and rapists And con artists who just flute over the borders. Seems to be so easy nowadays. But uh, I think if somebody gets here and they look at somebody, they look pregnant, they go, what are you here for? If they go, I'm here to have have a baby. You turn them round, they go back on another plane straight away. We don't entertain them. We do not, unless they've got a credit card. Like in America, if you don't have health insurance, you're not getting seen. They're not going to even entertain the idea of, of giving you treatment you have to go downtown to the cheap places where you queue all day for something they're not going to be giving it to you free you need health insurance over here no come in come on so people turn up they need brain surgery they need all sorts of things they can't get it in their own country but they know damn well you can get it free here and the government keeps saying don't they we're gonna we're gonna stop it we're gonna cut it back what have they done nothing nothing the people the other day who were in that little village in Essex. You're all evacuated. Everybody, come on, out, out. You're going to be out. You're going to be flooded. Because the Met Office have said so. Come on. They're now asking the question, flood? What flood? There was no flood. This was Jaywick, the village of Jaywick. Sorry, did we have any? No, no problems at all. Well, what are we doing here then? Uh, We brought the army. The Met Office said you're going to flood. Met Office have said, come on, come on, everybody out. Come on, out. What floods? There were no floods. After the last time we had flooding in this country, have they built anything? Have they built up dams? Nothing. Not a thing, ladies and gentlemen. Not a thing. Like the other thing as well. You know you see um, irresponsible dog owners going out, their dog goes to the toilet, they don't do anything. I will shout at them. Oi, excuse me, your dog's just done a toilet over here. Come and get it. Pick it up. What do you mean you haven't got any bags? Well, pick it up in your hands then. It's your dog. Has anybody been prosecuted? Nobody. Not one person has been prosecuted. I saw a minicab driver the other day. I say a minicab, it probably wasn't, I get confused. Minicab, sorry, there's Uber, which is at that end of the scale, which we don't talk about. And then there's minicabs, and there's Private Hire, who's got the little green sticker on the back. Green, minicabs, Private Hire. And he was driving through through Twickenham. And I looked at him, and the only reason I noticed him, he's sitting there with all the windows done up. He's got a fag on. You illegal! Fags on. Not supposed to have them. If I ever get in a car in the morning and I smell cigarettes, I'm out. I'm out. I don't smoke. I don't want to And I can always tell if the driver's had a cigarette. And on a few occasions, I've got out. I've said, send another car. I'm not getting a car where the driver's been smoking. Uh, somebody says, I walked past um, a supermarket in Tottenham Court Road the other day, and a young woman pulled her trousers down to have a wee. Oh, you see, I see that. That's quite normal, actually. Isn't that just normal behaviour? You want to come Friday night around, uh, around London? You see that all the time here. Men weeing indoors. In fact, there is a little alley just over the road from us next to a very posh hotel. It's called Wee Alley. Because that's all it is. People stand there weeing. I don't know why, why the police haven't got them. They could make a fortune on a Saturday night. Plain clothes police officers. Excuse me, what are you doing? I'm having a wee. £100 fine. You could make, I promise you, quite a few thousand quid. Quite a few thousand quid. Uh, I did like the story of the marriage charity boss who condemned flings with Calais migrants, has just had a fling with a Calais migrant. Nothing worse than people who tell lies, isn't there? And then try and prove it. Uh, Kim Kardashian is now telling us that apparently when the robbers uh, took her jewellery, she was naked under her dressing gown. And I couldn't help feeling that we're all naked under our dressing gowns. So when you put your dressing gown on, you've generally got no clothes on underneath. Otherwise you take the dressing gown off and go round waving yourself at your auntie Enid, who'd be sitting in the sitting room choking on a digestive biscuit. I told you years ago I had that problem when I did have pajamas and until I got to about the age of I think it was about 14 um the pajamas had a cord at the front which you sort of tied up but they had a fly but it was an open fly and I can remember you know you, you when my parents had dinner parties which they had uh, you know fairly frequently uh you would go downstairs to say goodnight it was a bit like the Von Trapp family we didn't have to stand on the stairs and sing you know so long farewell we didn't do that in family. We weren't that stupid. There was only two of us anyway, and I refused to do the girls' voices. So, and I can remember sort of coming downstairs, and and uh, Mum and Dad would say, "Oh, uh, Stephen and Andrew have come, come to say good night," and I can remember distinctly leaning over my auntie at the time, and my willy fell out into, and she was quite polite about it; she didn't say anything. And I, and my willy your willy away. oh, will will yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And quickly put your willy away. But I mean, that was it. ever since then. My mother sewed the flies up. It was a lot easier to save the embarrassment. I mean, otherwise, my auntie could have thought it was another teaspoon or something. You know, could have had all sorts of nasty experiences, but, uh, but that's the thing. So, uh, so pyjamas, so they go, so Kim Kardashian, she was wearing a dressing gown, and she was naked underneath it, as if it turned it into some sort of sex crime or something. I was naked with a gun to my head. Gives you a rough idea, dear. They weren't remotely interested in you, were they? They were more interested in the in the jewels. She's naked. Oh, God, no, leave it, please. It's Kim Kardashian. Uh, what else do we have here? We had um, here... Oh, some woman. It's another woman here. This is poor old Catherine Dawes. Catherine Dawes, not the brightest penny in the box. And she paid £550. For what? A micro pig. Well, as you and I know, they don't really exist. They don't really exist. It looks very sweet. You know, teacup piglets you know because they're just a small breed but unfortunately this one is now 20 stone and uh and she didn't know i mean it's just ridiculous i don't know why people go mad for this. certain sorts of people go for this sort of thing don't they oh look we've got miniature miniature pussycats or something they're only two inches big and it stays that size forever and a day and so with the micro pigs they put out pictures of sort of pigs sitting in teacups and you think it's because it's a piglet it's sitting in this there's no such thing and so, gradually, they've all been exposed as being complete and utter idiots for wasting £550 on a piglet. To be honest with you, you'd be better off buying a normal size one, waiting till it was old enough, and then eating it. Make it much easier. Oh, look, Danielle Lloyd out on the town with a big smile on her face. Obviously not cold where she was. as She's got no uh, no clothes on at all. She's been targeted by trolls since the former Spurs ace she was married to, Jamie O'Hara. Er... Uh, Went in but kept up her spirits as she stepped out in style. So, decided just to dump the kids at home, did you, dear, while you went off for a jolly with the photographer? Um, Of course, you know, as I say, I should imagine all the other people, when you were being racist towards Shilpa Shetty, must be wanting to troll you as well. What he said on there is nothing particularly interesting, but as I say, it keeps up your sort of low profile, doesn't it? Uh, Chloe Ferry and Jessica Cunningham are locked in a battle to score with Jamie O'Hara. God in heaven, it really is so vile. I mean, that's how disgusting it is. And then poor old Bianca, how much of that hair is hers and how much is not hers? She looks ridiculous. She looks like some cheap drag artist that wanders in, uh, wandered in from Las Vegas, from a show there. And one of the blokes there, I think Jamie, went, cool, she's hot. I thought, and then you look at Daniel Lloyd and you think, obviously your sights are not as high as most people's. But uh, there again, he is a footballer. Oh, sorry, he's an ex-broke footballer, isn't he? Doesn't have any money at all, poor soul. Anyway... Uh, Chloe, oh Chloe, oh thank God for that. Chloe Ferry's bisexual. Oh, I was so worried; thought she might have been something else, but she's uh, she's bisexual. And last night, uh, Bianca and Chloe gave Jamie a makeover. Oh God, honestly, don't you realise? Oh, no, you're too stupid, aren't you? It's not even bother explaining it to them. They're doing it for publicity. Bianca Gascoigne needs any sort of publicity she can get. She's only the manageress in a strip joint. She's nothing else. That's how bad it is. I used to work, Steve, uh, for a uh, big company at Heathrow. When the transatlantic flights would arrive and all the passengers had disembarked, we'd go to first class, eat the breakfast, which were left over and hadn't been required. They were delicious. Bacon, sausages, eggs, nice little perk. One day we were cautioned and threatened with a sack if we did it again. It seemed ridiculous, as they couldn't be used again. and were only going to be thrown away. Well, do you remember at one time... You know, you could always tell if you were going around to somebody's house and they worked for the airline because all the drinks were little miniature bottles, little miniature <coughs> vodkas and whiskies and everything else. So, uh, so that's that's why I didn't name the aircraft because I should imagine it probably still goes on uh, with with people wanting to eat the food that's left over. But what? But so what? But um, if you do take stuff, remember it's stealing. It's exactly the same as this company, and we're a very, very big company. If I started using the phone out in the office for my personal calls, and I've never, ever... Isn't it funny? Only because I don't know how to use the phone here. That might sound ridiculous, but I promise you, I've got no idea how the phones operate. Um, If you use that for your own personal good, you've thieved from the company. You know, if I take, you know... And I, I will be... I have taken a couple of things from this company i don't I don't hold my hands up and say I've practically moved a studio or anything like that but i I did take a mug well two 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 mugs actually three i did take a because we've we've got branded mugs for all the radio stations and i I did take a couple i mean I feel a bit guilty about it, but you know what the heck at least I'm holding my all right hang me hang me you know what can i do and uh and they're very they're pretty pretty and i'm i'm quite I'm quite proud of them actually. You took a computer. Oh, computers are okay. Yeah, I wanted to remove the shower from downstairs, but I just couldn't get it in the car. It wouldn't fold up in time. <laughs> Kevin Kent, thank you. Pajama Gate. Yes, it's a sad life, isn't it? Really, when you think about it. But uh, but this is, what was I talking about? Come on, I was talking about that. Oh, that's right. Nicking stuff. So, so if, if you pinch stuff from where you are, it doesn't matter whether it's a pen or a paperclip or envelopes or anything like that. You're still thieving from the company. It's like people who sort of write their Christmas cards out and then put them in the in, in the post for the company to pay to send your Christmas cards out. What I have done in the past is I've done my Christmas cards, but I put stamps on everything. But then I think, what's the point of putting them here? It's going to take all day for it to get round to the post office. I can walk over the road. There's a post box by the by the bus stop, practically. So I do that. Yeah. Oh, d- really? Oh, I, I... oh yes. That's right. Yes, people use company stationery. I mean, we do have a cupboard full of stationery and things like that. And but I don't I even buy my little jiffy bags in Poundland. You know, I'm that good. I wouldn't and I wouldn't dream of using the phone but as I say, only because I've got no idea. Steve, I turned up in an American hospital says Kaz, with my 5-year-old daughter at a broken leg. They refused to treat her without a credit card or insurance card. Bit extreme, but we need to stop people coming and having treatment for free. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a listen, if you're well enough to get on a plane and endure the journey, you're well enough to go back. It's as simple as that. But uh, will they do anything? Probably not. Listen, they can't even get rid of the illegal pedicabs. Well, I say illegal. They're not illegal. But they are rip-off merchants. If you choose to get in one and you have an accident, tough luck. Tough luck.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. 10 to 6. Nick Ferrari at 7 o'clock this morning. Theresa May is expected to abandon the single market, Customs, Union and European Court of Justice in a speech on Tuesday. It could be asking, should this be up to Parliament to decide? Conservative MP Dr Sarah Wollaston says the government's scapegoating GPs for causing pressure on emergency services. Would you be prepared to pay more for a seven-day GP service? Um, yeah, I don't mind. Doesn't have a, don't have a problem with things like that. Yes, I mean, I think there should be some sort of service being offered. They manage it in the five thing. Hospitals manage 24 hours, and the police manage 24 hours, so I see no reason why cheap... Jeep- I mean, they're quite clearly not expecting GPs to stay there from sort of 6 in the morning through till 2 in the morning. And the doctors say they don't have the resources, so that's probably not going to happen. And 12 of Britain's most dangerous jihadis will be put in isolation units, which will cost the taxpayer a million pounds a year. Is it, uh, is it worth it? Seems an awful waste of money, doesn't it, really, if you're thinking about it. People who sort of subscribe to that kind of thing, I mean, I don't know what you do with them. I think that's the aeroplane job, isn't it? The Steve Allen, take him up in aeroplane, open the door, push him out over the sea, let them swim. All with Nick Ferrari at breakfast. It's going to be one of those fiery mornings, I can just tell. I can just tell. Uh, I keep telling you there are no mugs anymore. What do I have to do to repeat myself? I've got them, OK? And, um, uh, Steve, my wife and I saw Independence Day 2 last night. Didn't expect much because it had been panned. It was quite entertaining. Depends how high you set your sights when you actually uh, sort of watch movies. I quite like the first Independence Day, but to be honest with you, I don't quite understand how you can have Independence Day 2. I thought, wasn't everything destroyed in the first one, where he goes, look, they're all lining up and they're doing all this kind of thing. And um, And that's exactly what happened. I thought it was very well done. I've got it on Laserdisc. How cool am I, Laserdisc? I ask you, honestly. What a flash person I must be. Um, All a bit embarrassing over in uh, Gary's programme, which has lost its shine, uh, because BBC bosses apparently sent out uh, a message branding their own Let It Shine talent series. A rude word for rubbish. Uh, A viewer posted a tweet on Saturday claiming they were switching off Gary Barlow's show and listening to Radio 2. Oh, dear, how tediously boring. It says, opted not to subject myself to Let It and tune in to uh, Lisa Tarbuck instead. Oh, God. A radio station worker retweeted the message to their 600,000 followers, not realising it was actually slating, let it shine. Mind you, it's been revealed that um, Harry Neal, one of the auditionees, has got links to Gary's band, Take That. He was in a band called Injustice in 2010, who were pals with Robbie Williams. The, uh, the group was put together by Take That's former producer, Ian Levine. And uh, on Saturday, viewers saw the former East Enders actor reach the second round. It's all just fiddled, these things. It's just, it's. I mean, at the moment, I think four people on this Let It Shine show are in West End shows. They're already working in the West End. What's the point? The answer is you're you're putting. I mean, who did they have the other day on some program? Oh, they, it was. Oh, it must have been. Is the voice the one where they have to turn round in the seats? That's right. Very boring. And uh, Tom Jones was on there, but I do like Tom Jones. And I was sort of thinking to myself, it's very really interesting, watch this program. and then they bring on this kid. So first of all we have the family weeping all over the place. It was sort of it was it was a bit tedious. And they bring him on and he's okay, but he's not you know, compared to the usual dross they had on there, I suppose he was sort of just sort of on a par with them and just a fraction up. But that that was about it. I didn't quite I don't quite get the programme. It's the people who've been and how old are you? Nineteen, and the audience ah like he's some seven-year-old or something. It was all very tedious, and uh, and they've got people on there who sort of can be your mentor or something like that. I noticed though that uh, Tom Jones didn't push the button. He just turned around at the end. He obviously didn't uh, didn't rate him too much. Uh, sue says public employees own tax contributions pay for their own equipment and their boss's wages. Can they be sacked for taking things without paying? I think anybody can be sacked for taking something. I and mean, if, if, if my company wanted to sue me for taking a telephone or a chair out the studio or something like that, which of course would be stupid, wouldn't it? But that, it is thieving. It is thieving. There are certain things that you don't. So, when I moved into this building, I brought over all my mugs, which were Steve Allen mugs which were, I think, Steve Allen the Bitches Back Tour, 2007. And I had a couple of boxes I brought over. I thought, naively, if I put them in the cupboard in our our kitchen at the end, they'd all be there. They went within a week, less than a week, and every single mug vanished. Because I tend to forget that if you've got mugs here, and I'm using a mug at the moment, and I put it outside, the cleaner will move it, but not to the kitchen where I got it from. It'll go back to another kitchen. And so, consequently, there are loads of global mugs and everything else like that. But my Steve Allen mugs, which which the, I mean, the company paid for them. Don't get me wrong; I didn't pay for. We sold them at the uh, at the shows. Uh, they all vanished. So somewhere in this building, somebody has got Steve Allen bitches back two thousand and seven tour mugs. Because I've only got one out of all of them. Out of all of them. And Mr M's team's mugs are everywhere. Mainly my kitchen. I, um... <laughs> I do have a couple from radio stations here, though. Only because they look so nice. And it's sort of its compliment. I always think I'm sort of doing people a favour by going, you know... But I know now, I am there'll be an email, I can tell you. You will not take mugs home. But I couldn't help it. They are chipped. I didn't take a new one home. It was a second-hand one. <laughs> uh, Steve, why don't they just charge the people who want to go on a Saturday or Sunday to see the doctor? That way, we don't all get charged. Only those who want to use the service. Maybe 20 quid a visit. But you can go and see a doctor privately and pay for it if you want. I don't see why I should have to pay to go and see NHS. I mean, I've paid into the NHS for donkey's years. And I've never really taken advantage of it. Admittedly, now, of course, I get all my medication for free. And I don't, I don't know what it costs. I really wouldn't have the faintest idea how much insulin costs. I wouldn't have the faintest idea how much, you know, Sharpies costs. I wouldn't know how much all my other medication, the metformin and all the other tablets I'd take. I wouldn't know. I really would not know. Uh, but I think I've paid into it for years. But uh, I told you before, I have got friends of mine who are deeply upset that uh, that I don't pay for it. <laughs> Richard says, tonight, E4, not C4, 7.30, new series of coach trip. Yes, Brendan, out again with a few uh, people on benefits. Sorry, uh, people who aren't working at the moment. <laughs> Sorry. Because uh, I'm sure some of them would not be on benefits. But probably many of them are, I should imagine. And there's a little girl who's battling Alzheimer's. I say little girl, she's five. I didn't realise it was possible for five to get that. It's a very rare um, syndrome. It's called San Filippo. San Filippo. And so uh, they're in a race against time to find a cure. And uh, they've been told there's no cure, but they're not willing to accept it. That's the spirit. Remember that little boy who was terminally ill? They used him to go out and and front... uh, he, He was the mascot at a match the other day bradley little bradley and he went out there and the parents have said it's it's terminal you know they, they they've accepted that for how you ever accept that fact god alone knows and in the case of these these parents here they've set up a charity to help in a bid to find a treatment she's only five only five and uh, she says uh, and, uh, and her husband says we were told there's no cure but we're not willing to accept it good for you good for you 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 go for it but uh, bradley lowry from Blackhall Colliery near Hartlepool, was cheered as he was carried onto the pitch, and uh, he appeared as an Everton mascot. So his his mother has confirmed he will lose his fight. He's been diagnosed with this neuroblastoma, and uh, all three options presented by a consultant won't won't cure. They've raised about seven hundred thousand pounds to front treatment. Everton pledged twenty thousand. Sorry, two hundred thousand. Good God! To the calls in September when Bradley was mascot for Sunderland's home fixture with the with the Toffees, the Toffees. I've forgotten that was their, their nickname. At the Stadium of Light, it's awful, isn't it? Really, just a little boy, just a little boy. Look, bless his heart. He probably doesn't know. He probably doesn't know, and uh, and best he doesn't know. I think Bestie doesn't know, but uh, his his mother has said no. It is it is terminal. So uh, fans up and down the country have uh, have sent him thousands of Christmas cards but his appearance at Goodison Park was much anticipated with travelling city fans holding aloft a to banner stating cancer has no colours one Bradley Lowry that's sweet that's sweet I always get so depressed when I read stories about terminally ill children because you do question don't you your own faith and whether or not there is actually a God and if he's actually doing anything oh look Scarlet Moffat dull very boring she turned up on Saturday Kitchen or whatever it was Sunday Kitchen Gotcha. she contributed zero Absolute zero. But anyway, she has got a DVD out and she'll help you go thin again. Well, no, it won't. Coming up shortly, the news at. uh, And I got overexcited then. The news at six o'clock. The Queen is dazzling out in the rain. She looks fantastic, seriously. I mean, there is no denying this woman has not, you know, adhered to everything. She's put everything. She's seeing all the people that she grew up with dying around her and still, still she goes out there and still smiles. The killer freed after two years of a 20 year prison. Term, the mother who flew in to give birth to twins cost you 350,000 quid. Dear Lord, how many people didn't get their surgery because of that person? Victoria Beckham goes out in flared trousers in winter. So dated, dear, so dated. Uh, And the boss can spy on you 24 7. woo Can't wait for that bit. And a cure for the curse of wrinkly knees. All of that and more with Steve Allen this morning.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Monday, the 16th of January. Do you know it's Blue Monday today? Were you aware it was Blue Monday? Apparently, this is the most miserable day of the year. I've got no... I couldn't understand. Blue Monday. Miserable day of the year today. Because it's so long since you've been paid. Oh, grow up, get over yourselves. Goodness sake. I did warn you at the beginning of December. I did say, you get paid before Christmas. Oh, well, most of you would have done. And then you've got to survive to the end of the month. on you know what happens at the end of this month, don't you? Your bills arrive in. Not only your normal household bills, but then those credit card bills will start coming in. And you suddenly look at it and go, who spent that much? That's what people do. And then, of course, if you're self-employed, you've got your tax to pay. Tax shouldn't be taxing. You should know already exactly how much money you have to pay over to the inland revenue. and, uh, And hopefully you've saved the money up. Although by the time you've probably seen the, uh, the bills come in for the credit cards, you might be thinking differently about things. And uh, it's always the same people, isn't it? They, they have this uh, programme, it's called In Therapy. It's for people who can't look after themselves and they put various people in there who sort of just basically can't cope with, with anything life throws at them. They're sort of life's me-me-me's. You know, they're more than happy to milk the, uh, the fire of publicity. When it comes to sorting out their own life, they, uh, they can't do it at all. So the latest one you've got now, somebody who's agreed to open up about their demons, is the dreary Marnie Simpson. It's always, it's always the people that you really couldn't care less about, whether they've got demons or not. It's a dreary little programme. I'm really not remotely interested in sort of any of these people, in their desperate attempt to try and grab some publicity, will sit there and spin you any old hogwash. And we sit there and uh, and listen to it, don't we? I don't know why. I don't. I just sit there and they show you the clips to prove that they really are mad as fruitcakes. And I just think, it's just the way television's going, isn't it? Cheap, tacky, tawdry. That's it. Apparently Nadia Hussain's expressed an interest in doing Strictly. Whether she gets to do it, I've, uh, I've got no idea. Uh, the main story, though, on a lot of the papers, is uh, every family's got one, as Kate Middleton can testify. This time, it's... Uh, uh, it's a member of Meghan Markle's family, her half-brother Thomas, r- arrested on gun charges. Fantastic. How many more in the family are we going to find? This surely must derail the Harry romance. He he drinks this bloke and he held a gun to his girlfriend's stroke wife's head. or whatever, whatever it was, it's not good news, is it? And that's the trouble, the dilution of the royal family by inviting people into it who really had no royal connection whatsoever. The whole idea was years ago, I mean, at least the Queen adhered to that and married into royalty, albeit broke Greek royalty, but she sort of married into him. He sort of came from a family who was fairly well-heeled. The trouble is, no money. But it didn't make any difference because he's had everything he's ever wanted. I should imagine if he wants peanut butter on toast for breakfast this morning, the Duke of Edinburgh will get peanut butter on toast this morning. Over in Meghan Markle, they say her gun-toting brother won't derail the Harry romance. I think Buckingham Palace might have probably different things to uh, to say about that one. Uh, And as the NHS implodes, the Fat Cats cash in. And uh, also a Nigerian woman racking up a huge uh, bill on the NHS uh, wards. It was one here in 2011. She cost the NHS 145 grand, and um, she's since returned to Lagos, where she's a makeup artist. She drives a 17,000 pound car, and her children attend an expensive private school. But um, she says, "I've never received my bill." In 2015, she said that. She said, "I've never been sent a bill." She said, "If I had, I would pay it." Well, there you go. There's the offer. Get the bill in. I don't know why the NHS is so lax on this kind of thing. I'm sure that uh, Nick will be having something to say on that a little bit later on. BT cracking down on nuisance calls. I said before, just get an answer phone. And if you... Most people have phones now, don't they? Which is, it displays the number of the person who is calling you. So if you look at it and you don't recognise it, don't answer it. If, if it's somebody who knows you, they'll leave a message. If not, don't bother with it. Don't worry about who it is. Uh, wealthy Chinese and Russian couples are behind a surge in demand for a replica Princess Diana's sapphire and diamond engagement ring. Uh, Garrard's, who says uh, there has been a significant uplift in recent months. The Diana ring, they say here, is our most popular piece of jewellery. In one week alone in December, we had three orders for them and had to work flat out to make them in time for Christmas. In today's money, it would cost around £108,000. Garrard's have said they will not make an exact replica because the original is treated strictly as a one-off. But uh, they do make a similar version, the most basic of which is five grand. That's quite nice, isn't it? I always thought it was quite a nice ring anyway. I never had a problem with the. I, I always liked the, uh, the ring. was wonderful. But I do like the story of David Wilkie. Uh, David Wilkie is an Olympic champion. And in his heyday, was Britain's finest swimmer. He won gold in the 76 Montreal Games. And he was swimming at his local pool. OK, his local pool. This is an international swimmer. Okay, and um, he was swimming too fast. And so the lifeguard, nick, 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 he was out there straight away. He told him that another swimmer had complained about being bumped into as they swam in adjoining lanes. Uh, Wilkie had been using the fast middle lane of the five in the 25 metre pool at the Royal Berkshire Virgin Active Club in Brackpool. The complaint has echoes of the incident when Serling Moss one of the country's most recognisable sporting heroes, was stopped for speeding by a policeman who said, who do you think you are, Sterling Moss? Which, of course, he was. Speaking at his Surrey mansion, Wilkie says, I oh, was just swimming a normal, and uh, the lifeguard came out to me and said, I think you banged into somebody. And I said, it's the fast lane, you know, this is rubbish. I think it's an overzealous lifeguard. Asked whether the pool attendant knew he was an Olympic champion, Wilkie said, probably not. Oh, you can't expect a lifeguard. I mean, seriously, lifeguards? I shouldn't imagine they could probably add up. They just sit there, don't they, staring with a whistle in their mouth. But uh, anyway, a Virgin Active spokesman says, we take all customers' complaints seriously. We're sorry to hear that an ex-member feels something is unresolved and will be in touch to find out more. You better. You better. He's an Olympic champion. Dear Lord above. But anyway, and uh, we'll wait and find out. We'll wait and find out. It's ridiculous. He's got two adult children, and um, he now swims at the McDonald's... I think, Beristead Hotel and Spa in Sunninghill, Hill. But uh, Virgin Active, you better pull your fingers out on that one. Either change the lifeguard. I mean, David Wilkie, hello. Goodness sake, what do you have to do in this country? I mean, you don't expect people to know who everybody is. He might not recognise David Wilkie. He might be too young, I should imagine. He probably is too young. US owners of Cadbury have broken their promise to keep production of dairy milk chocolate bars at the firm's Bourneville base, but they now make them in Poland. Uh, Mondelez International took over the British brand in a buyout in 2010, closing a factory in Bristol at a cost of 400 jobs. A year later. I mean, how many things are British now? Do we have anything that's British? There was that village that was built, Bourneville, isn't it? I think. But uh, anyway, all of these now are made in Poland. That's the Dairy Milk, Dairy Milk Fruit and Nut, Dairy Milk Marvellous Creations, and Dairy Milk Tiffin Limited Edition bars. <laughs> they have the factory code, and the factory code is. Uh, OWR so if you have a look on the back of a bar of chocolate if you've got some dairy milk um, there is the black and white black or white area on the back of the wrapper with the best before date the factory code is underneath for example OWR 0763751 the code starting OWR means that it was made in uh, Roschlaw in Poland OSK stands for Skarbimerez in Poland And O-B-O indicates Bourneville. O-W-R codes are followed by Made in E-U. So, I mean, as if you're really going to be bothered about I don't know why I mentioned that, actually, to you, because you'll now be checking your bars of chocolate to see where it's made. So the one you're looking for is O-W-R, which means Poland. O-S-K is Poland. And O-B-O is Bourneville, over here. It's Always interesting, isn't it? Uh, Are you worried about the the boss spying on you 24-7? No, bring it on. Bring it on. I have no problem. If my boss wants to sort of access cameras in my flat or something like that, I shall purposely walk around with my famous pyjamas on. But, of course, I don't have any pyjamas, so he's in for a bit of an eyeful, I should imagine. What a funny thing to do. What they're thinking about is fitting workers with electronic trackers. Well, I'm not sure about that. You could track somebody on a telephone, though, can't you? But uh, these ones apparently have got a a microphone for a real-time voice analysis. Do you remember years ago, uh, companies used to get people to apply for a job in their own handwriting. And then they would bring in a graphologist who would tell them exactly what that person was like and whether or not they were the right person for the job. You were were basically judged on your handwriting. So I started doing block capitals. In fact, my my goddaughter the other day asked me why I write uh, with a Sharpie. Because I do use Sharpies a lot for writing. And I said, I don't know why. I said, I've just always used a Sharpie. For writing. I've got a cover that goes over my, my Sharpie, so it makes it look very posh. I gave one to, uh, to Daniel Radcliffe. He took it. It's my claim to fame. And, yes, uh, na- name-dropping there, as I was saying only to Jesus the other day, as we were having in one of our private conversations. But, um, yes, floods? What floods? Uh, that is the story in the paper, The Family's Fury at the Evacuation Order Over the Storm Surge That Never Happened. It's a a case of, you know, it's going to happen, Quit out, come on, out, it's not going to happen, out. Nobody took a blind bit of notice, but anyway, they were evacuated, thousands were warned of the perilous combination, but uh, they couldn't get it right. The Environment Agency said it had correctly predicted high tides, but they'd not peaked at the same time. It's always an excuse, isn't there? Wrong snow, wrong leaves, wrong rain, wrong drivers, wrong idiots running companies. Uh, Essex's Deputy Chief Constable Matthew Horne said the evacuation plan was the right thing to do and insisted the decision was based on science and expert advice. And do you know how wrong they get it most of the time? Um, the Sandwich Girl is in every newspaper at the moment. She's making no comment and neither are EasyJet. And the reason would be that they've offered her a deal. And they've said, we're going to give you however much money it is. I don't know, I, c- I could guess, at, say, 10000 quid, But you get the money on the proviso, you say nothing that's that's how it works and so if, if they pay somebody off uh, that's why both of them say we have no no comment to make because that would be the terms of it if she then said they gave me fifteen thousand quid or something like that not to pursue it any further uh then that would be different then it would be a, a court case back on again re-nuisance call says angie i put a message on my answer phone i no longer answer incoming calls please leave a short message and i'll either get back to you uh, if necessary. Hope that could be helpful. Yeah, I still tend to find just leaving it. They won't leave messages. They do not leave
0: messages. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. There's a story uh, which is in the papers. It emanates from a book which is uh, which is coming out. Uh, the book is by an impresario. And uh, this is a guy called Mr. Luft. Uh, the book is called Judy and I, My Life... With Judy Garland, edited by Randy Schmidt, published by Chicago Review Press. And what it says is that Judy Garland's, we, we all knew about Judy Garland's chronic drug addiction, but it caused her to slash her throat, according to a memoir by Sid Luft, who was the third of her five husbands. Judy Garland died at home in London uh, in 1969. She was 47 which was very young indeed. She had no money. She died absolutely brassic. In fact, she was so brassic that uh, Frank Sinatra paid for her funeral. But uh, Mr Luft was married to her from 1952 to 65 and wrote about her drug abuse and depression. In one part of the book, he tells how she once walked towards him with outstretched arms and slashed wrists. In another, he described the flow of blood after she slashed her throat with a razor. The doctors saved her life. I mean, she was an absolute addict. Her drug addiction left her screaming into the pillow for hours on end. He would have to stand over at night to make sure she didn't wake up and take pills that she'd secreted elsewhere. He blamed her addiction on the studio bosses who gave slimming and sleeping pills to child stars, such as his former wife, who found fame at 17 when she was cast as Dorothy. She had two children with Mr Luft, Lorna. And Joey, both actors, Liza Minnelli also her daughter. It's an interesting book, isn't it? But uh, I'm not at all surprised, in the early days, the studios couldn't afford to close down. If the star was having a tantrum, or the star wanted drugs, the star got drugs. They would, they would hand them out, like sweeties, to keep somebody going. And in the case of Judy Garland, there was a very good book written about uh, some, many, many years ago, because I talked to the author of it, I can't remember his name at the moment, he's not with us anymore. And he talked about the fact that they would literally pump her full of drugs to keep her going. Because they couldn't afford to close the studio. If you've got 3,000 people working in a studio and she goes, I'm not going on, I'm not going on. It's a bit like A Star Is Born. Watch it and you'll see what the real Judy Garland was probably like. Um, But an immense talent. But the the studios fed them drugs to keep them going. A lot of child stars were given drugs to keep them going. They couldn't afford to stop. No good going, I'm too tired today. What do you mean you're too tired today? There's 4,000 people assembling on set. Get you out of bed quick as possible. Uh, 84850, oh. Stuart says I suspect the Jaywick residents are moaning about being evacuated because it meant they had to get up before midday to be moved out <laughs> Phil the Trucker says perhaps you should call your PJs Chernobyls because of the dangerous fallout problem thank you, yes I mean, I'm glad, <laughs> glad my, uh, my, my misery caused you such uh, such joy and uh, Mo says my daughter and I both use a fountain pen to write personal. what's a sharpie? it's one up from a fountain pen you know, you, you've actually got a fountain pen. I've got a Sharpie. That's the super deluxe version of writing. Comes in different colours. And uh, and it's particularly nice, actually. Steve, I've just read about the, uh, the girl sacked for eating a baguette that was given to her, not asking for a receipt. I'm never going to fly EasyJet again. Well, you won't if they eat all the all the bacon baguettes. But I think that... I was just amazed how expensive they were. £4.50 for a bacon baguette. I said, go to Gregg's. They do a really nice soft bap with butter on. And you can have... And for no extra charge, you can have ketchup or brown sauce. And it's got two little sausages in it and some bacon. It's delicious. And that's only one ninety nine. I suggest, really... EasyJet, go go to Greg's, get them made by Greggs, or just put a Greg's on board an EasyJet flight. I wouldn't actually not fly EasyJet because she was sacked from eating a baguette. Listen, she's been paid off. She's been paid off. She's fairly happy now, I should imagine. Uh, we went to see La La Land, says Nigel, the other day. Do go and see it. It's an old-fashioned boy-meets-girl, Californian sunshine sort of a film. All right, okay. Sounds dull already. No, everybody's told me it's good. Everybody's told me it's good. I do, I, I, like, a, I like a feel-good film. Of course, if it's got snow in it, I'm even even happier. If it hasn't got snow in it, then I'm not particularly bothered. Uh, the married charity boss. Here she is, Claire Moseley. She's in the paper. She had a, a year-long affair with a Calais refugee after she promoted a no-sex-with-migrants policy. Oh, dear. She's a bit odd, isn't she? Anyway, she left her husband, uh, Benjamin, and a £700,000 five-bedroom house in Merseyside to set up a charity called Care for Calais. And by God, she did. The former accountant with Ernst & Young told how her decision was hard on her spouse in an article written after she'd been in Calais for four months. But according to volunteers at the camp, her visits back home became more sporadic after starting the affair with Mr Bajar, a Tunisian, Mohamed Bajar. Uh, Mrs Mosley, named as one of six women who made 2015, was said to have moved into a flat in Calais with a Tunisian who worked as her bodyguard and translator. I mean, that's taken it a bit too far, isn't it, love? Really, Claire I mean, honestly, these sort of people who sort of come up with all these sort of things. Last night, Mrs Mosley refused to comment and said all questions should be directed to the charity's press office. No, they're asking you, love. can not you speak? Come on, speak. Speak. Not difficult, is it, really? I suppose it is for her because they've sort of caught her out. A bit like Janet Street Porter, the hypocrite. Actually, luckily, we haven't seen her for ages on Loose Women. A blessing in disguise, as far as I'm concerned. Way too old to be doing the programme. The, the bit about your knees, incidentally... You know, where you've got wrinkly knees. I personally have never actually looked at my knees. But it's in... um, I think it's in the mail today. Wrinkly knees. And... um, Or, of course, could could, could be another one of the papers. And there's also a new Scandinavian happiness fad. And uh, it's... It's cake. I think apparently cake makes you happy. certainly does. I'm not a big cake eater. If I'm going to have anything, I would quite like... What would I quite if I was given it? I quite like fruit cake, but I'm not big on. I can't do marzipan or icing, but I do like a fruit cake. Or failing that, um, I used to like coffee sponge, but I don't like that anymore now. Just a Victorian sandwich is quite nice, as long as it's very light. Oh, i t- oh, and I tell you the one I do like: lemon drizzle. Love a lemon drizzle cake with proper proper lemons on the top, not sort of fake lemon. Proper good good stuff. Uh, so, if if you want to be happy, uh, what you have to do is you have to be more eco friendly. How boring. How boring. Uh, buy fewer clothes. Well, there you go. James O'Brien must be the happiest person in this building, I should imagine. Uh, leave work at 5pm. That'll be useful if you start work at 6. <laughs> uh, eat in season. Swedish people, apparently, are, are very conscious of eating food in season. See, we don't, do we? We eat food any time we like because we can get it. Certain parts of the world you can't get things because they're, they're, they're out of season. So they eat in season. And we go. I'll have strawberries, and somebody somebody would go and sweet. Well, it's not strawberry season. They go. Well, you can get them in England. So that's what we do now, isn't it? Uh, there's also another trainer, you know, in the paper today. It's another fat person who's now you know shifting the midlife middle, and it's difficult. Loads of people are doing it. Loads of people, and also the delicate art of apologising in the paper today without making it worse, because we find it very difficult to say S-. sorry. We find it very di- no can't do it. It's, uh, it's uh, I am. No, it's not going to happen, is it really? So, you, obviously, people find it very difficult to say sorry. Because because you don't want to... But it's like kids, isn't it? Did you touch that? Didn't. When they did these little kids on the television the other day, in this programme, which I think is looking at the uh, the psychiatry behind children and why they tell lies, and they put a cake on a table, and these little children were, I think, about three or four, and they, they put the cake on the table, and they said to them, do not touch the cake. Well, of course, it was too, too much. So what they did was they, they were putting their fingers into the side... And taking little bits of it, and then one particularly devious child who's obviously going to grow up to be really awful. Um, found a knife and could slice off a top of the little bit of cream. And they said to him, "Did you did you take that?" He said, "No." He said, "Did you take the you, somebody's touched this, haven't they?" Well, just a little bit. Because some of them can't, can't tell fibs. They're not very good at telling fibs. And the other one said, I think it was like a bird came down from the tree. They tell lies like there's no tomorrow. And that's at the age of three and four. So no hope for the future. Once they've learned to be accomplished in the lying department, then they keep going. But they, they, they found it very difficult to get them to admit that it was them that had touched the, the cream on the top of the cake. Look, there's finger marks in there. Wasn't us? Wasn't it? Yes, it was. But you remember the same, don't you? You do something wrong. You know you've done something wrong your parents say to you did, you, did you do that? No. Well, who who did it then? I don't know. Well, was it you? No, wasn't me. No. Well, who, who do you think it was? I don't know. I don't really know. It wasn't me, though. Really? All oh, right, OK. It was you, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. And so people tell fibs. We can't help it. That's, the way it. that's the way it is. Still to come, the rail union leader who said he used to wake up early so he could spend more time hating Thatcher. He really is
0: a dinosaur. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: So here's a lady, and her name is Tracy Jones. Tracy Jones gets a, a knock on her door, it says in the, uh, the paper today, and... Um, a man with an Irish accent. Well, that's limited it, hasn't it? I mean, it could be Steve Allen doing an impression. Who knows? But anyway, um, she, uh, she answered the door to a man in his late 20s who offered to resurface her garden and driveway last Sunday. What sort of people turn up at your door without being invited to offer to re tarmac your drive? It's an odd one. But anyway, she said she was not prepared to agree to the work and would contact him if she wanted it carried out. She comes back from work. It's been dug up. Somebody has dug up her uh, her thing and there was a bill through the door for two and a half thousand pounds. The man quite clearly an idiot of the first order. And she says, I'm really angry. If this happened to a disabled person or an elderly person, I couldn't believe it. And they left a bill for two and a half thousand. Of course, they'll be paying tax on that, won't they? Uh, Anyway, she says, I made it absolutely clear to this lad who knocked on the door that I was not able to agree to the work. When I rang him to ask what on earth they were playing at, he claimed it was a misunderstanding. I will not be paying them. The company, a spokesman for the company responsible, who are they? I don't think they actually have a name, do they? Says, it was just a misunderstanding. I thought I had permission to carry out the work. That's why we did it. Well, you haven't carried out the work. You just dug a garden up, fool. Two and a half thousand quid? On your bike. Go whistle. Tracy's informed trading standards... And Wolverhampton City Council are now warning people to be on their guard. Labour councillor Steve Evans says it's frankly outrageous that somebody will come to your property uninvited. What sort of people do that? What sort of person would come to your property uninvited and have the barefaced cheek to dig up your driveway and then hand you a bill for thousands of pounds? Don't fall for it, boys and girls. Anybody turns up, I couldn't care less who they are, offering to, to do your drive, no thank you. You go on recommendations, much better. Uh, apparently, Marlin says, Patisserie Valley do toasted cheese and tomato." No, they don't. No, they don't. I've been to Patisserie Valley. They don't. I've never seen a toasted cheese and tomato on sale in my life. Jack from Coach Trip wants to know what date Trump is crowned president. Crowned president? It's not a tiara he's putting on, you know. And it's Friday, by the way, which will be carried uh, live on LBC. Ian is Ian Dell there in Washington? I think Katie Hopkins is there in Washington. Nigel Farage. Good God, honestly, they're all there. No no, Steve Allen, I've noticed. Have you noticed that? No Steve Allen. Katie Hopkins. She was telling us the other day, she said, I'm going to be out there and I'm thinking they'll have to evacuate. And, um, and then Ian Dale's going to be out there and, uh, and Nigel Farage is going to be there. Well, he would be, wouldn't he? He's, he's probably going to be serving tea and cakes at, uh, at old Trump's do. But no, it, it's, uh, it's Friday. And so uh, it'll be quite nice, actually. I mean, what, what the crown's going to look like, I've got no idea. Slightly disturbing. Uh, Steve, being a lifeguard must be like watching tennis. But very slowly, says Ted. Yes, I think so. Isn't tennis the most boring thing under the sun? I know Andrew Carlson would obviously disagree with me. But, uh, you know, I'm more than... I mean, I just... I can't understand what people get. Mind you, see, I'm the sort of person who can't get excited about football. Snooker. I mean, I did manage 10 minutes of snooker the other day. And in the end, I thought, get a life, Steve. Please get a life. It's just ridiculous. Watching snooker on the television. Two men bent over a table. It's very gay, isn't it? And uh, knocking balls in pockets. Hello? (laughs) Don't make me say it. Not this morning, please. Because it's Monday. It's Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Blue Monday means that it's apparently the traditionally worst Monday. You feel very depressed. I don't know why. Is it the day that the bills start arriving? I don't know. I haven't had any bills yet. But I'm sure I will. I'm sure. I know I've got a tax bill coming in. Uh, The BBC will follow up the success of The Night Manager by adopting another of John Le Carrier's novels. Uh, that's very exciting. Uh, Ollie Mersey's mum. That even makes a son, actually. Ollie Mersey's mum and this feud with his twin. Uh, plus Meghan's half-brother, uh, who likes dressing up as a woman, and uh, has been charged. His booze vow and all the rest of it. They can't, seriously. You, can't. She, she, She's got other skeletons in the closet. I know you can't pick your family, but, by God, you need to be blooming careful with them, don't you? The Queen out, holding her own umbrella and, and looking immaculate in purple. She thinks she has just thought of something really awful. I'm sorry. I just thought of something awful. Do you think she's got really nice underwear, the Queen? I mean, I only ask because we've seen Queen Victoria's knickers and they were sort of 54-inch waists, which, you know, a comfortable fit for me as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, I mean, do you think the Queen has sort of Rigby and Pella nice underwear? Or do you think she's, you know, somebody... I mean, because you don't see her shopping in M&S for knickers, do you? Or Zara or something like that. I've never once seen... We know that Harry wears naff old boxer shorts, because he's a bit naff, I'm afraid. He doesn't realise you can get really attractive pants out there, because he doesn't wear them. He wears those same stripy boxer shorts he's had since he was about 15. But I wonder whether the Queen has got, you know, nice under. and does it just get delivered? I mean, do you think sort of it arrives in the post in a brown paper bag? I only mused on that the other day, because I was thinking, she's always so immaculate. And I wonder what she smells of. Queen Mother smelt of mothballs. But I wonder, really, <coughs> what the Queen smells of. did she has favourite perfume or aftershave or something like that? Do you think? I don't know. I worry about the oddest things. I don't, because it's Blue Monday. And I'm sort of trying to keep myself relatively sane. Lord Sugar's undergone a heart operation. He's had one of his... Uh, because one of his uh, arteries had narrowed. So that sounds like he's had a stent put in. He has. There you go. Clever old Steve Allen. Worked out a stent. Mind you, a sterling moss... Has had an operation. that's he? he's eighty-six. I think uh, Lord Sugar is sixty-nine, fitted with a tube. Oh God, right, me. He was fit enough though to play uh, tennis, but uh, he can't pilot a plane for three months after the insertion of a stent. They say he's 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 got a he's got a tube. What on earth is this tube thing? A tube. I mean, I know what a stent is because I've I've got four of them myself. But they they did uh, insist he's not suffered heart attack, but he has uh, has had a stent fitted. Oh, he's only got one amateur. <laughs> amateur. Need four to bring yourself into line with me, matey. Uh, there's, a, there's no Asleff strike in Donny because Twerp Tosh lives there. Who would write a column like that? Yes, it's Kelvin McKenzie. And here he is. And he talks about, um, <laughs> he says, On Fridays, heaving 7.42. I'm assuming he gets a train somewhere. Poor old Kelvin. Uh, A woman in her late 20s squeezes into the middle seat opposite me, produces a Tupperware box containing a brown porridge-like mixture and pretends to eat it very slowly from Surbiton to Waterloo. I was astonished she didn't get out the salt and pepper. I glared at her, but but to no avail. He said, don't suppose she could have gone up up five minutes earlier and eaten breakfast at home? What do you think? Thick, selfish or both? Thick and selfish. People who sit there eating their sandwiches on a train. Peasants peasants the same people i mean what i want to do and it'll never happen because i'll be arrested i want to actually get on the train and have one of those and take out of my bag a shower curtain and start velcroing it up in the carriage and then produce a portable shower from inside take all your clothes off leave them on the floor and sort of watch while, because we have to put up with bicyclists don't we on the trains selfish lot of course, you, you can have them kicked off the train if their bicycle can't fold. if they're poor peasant cyclists, they can't afford those folding bikes and only um, and, and in Russia exactly there are certain times in Russia. I've seen people trying to get bikes on. I'm going get off, Get off. Yeah in the day, but after the rush hour, they, they, they can't get on till later, as far as I'm concerned, cycle. you bought the bloomin thing, cycle it. Start pushing it around like a girl. Obviously, that's just ridiculous. So, I wanted to get that shower out because I, I get sick to death of people sitting there doing their makeup. Really peasanty types. Even other women look at them with pity. Because I wouldn't mind. It's just you sitting on the train. Why doesn't somebody say anything? Why are we not brave enough to go, What are you doing? in a loud voice. And the producer film crew going, Look at this. She's doing her makeup on the train. Stay at home. Dirty person. Have you had a shower? Probably not either. That's what you have to worry about, isn't it? Uh what else we got? Oh yeah, eat, eating chili live longer. Which is good. And uh, Julia Bradbury's spoken out about her battle with depression. I love Julia Bradbury. I said yesterday, I think she's fab. She did a very good come dime with me with Biggins and uh, a bloke called Philip, somebody from Brookside, and Edwina Curry, I think. And uh, which that was the one that Biggins won. It was really super. But anyway, she's uh, she's had she's had struggling. But she saw a psychologist, and he was really good. The counselling got me back on track. So she hosts TV's Best Walks. I always, Isn't it funny? You can't tell, can you? If somebody says they've got depression. Denise Welsh was on the television earlier on talking about... It's obviously in the news today, depression. There must be some... Oh, because it, oh, it's Blue Monday. I never think about it. I just think, what well, can they call it Depression Day or something like that? Blue Monday, because people, people don't like it. You wait till the bills come in. I mean, that must be the worst for everybody going, I wish we'd not spent that much on Auntie Ivy. Spent far too much in there. She could she could have had bath cubes. Didn't have to buy the whole whole baloney, did we? Uh, what else we got? Picture of here Lindsay Lohan. God, she's still around, is she? And Ed Sheeran. Do you know he's the only person ever to get two chart hits with two separate things at the same time? He got number one and number two, I think, in the in the charts. So good for him. He's done very well indeed. Who's that? A picture of? Um, it's uh, oh, I don't know. It could be Sheridan Smith. It might not be. I don't know. Difficult to tell. And uh, and Honey G, oh dear, f- career's finished. Contrary to what we all thought about, oh, she's going to be having a huge career. It's not going to be happening. So thank the
0: Lord for that one, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Uh, Steve, uh, you don't get a letter from the tax man telling how much you owe. Your accountant should tell me, uh, should tell you. Yes, I know that. I'm quite well aware how it operates. I, I'm over the age of 22. Thank you very much indeed. But uh, yes, you do get the letter from the tax man as well afterwards. You do get the letter confirming this is how much you're paying. My accountant writes to me and he says this is how much you're paying June. This is how much you're paying end of July. And then I get the confirmation from the tax office who've gone by his figures. And and that's it. Uh, Steve, remember reading a story about a man who stopped from taking his non-folding bike on a train at uh, Charing Cross? Uh, as not allowed in rush hour. He asked about people carrying large boxes and was told there was no restriction on that. So he went to WH Smith, bought a bow, stuck it on the bike, took it on the train, saying it was a present for his wife. It's an old gag. I don't believe a word of it, of course, because, you know, a box and a bicycle are completely different. But it's, you know, it's it's a nice one. I quite like that. And um, have a look uh, if you get the time. Yesterday's Songs of Praise, says Jill. They did a very interesting programme on the Isle of Lewis. And Donald Trump's mother was born there. Was she? Oh, yes, she is. Yes, she's on the Isle of Lewis, isn't she? Is she still alive? I can't remember. Yeah, we think, well, we don't, we don't think so. Is, she, he's seven, is he? Donald Trump's 70. He's a good-looking 70, isn't he, I think? You know, well, I would say good-looking 70. What I mean is he's done a nice comb-over, which I think is quite nice. Hair's got its own agent. And, um, and sort of the, the mother. Yes, you're right. There was a picture about his mother, wasn't there? Uh, Andrew and Shepherds Bush says the Queen's probably got, I was trying to work out where, where the Queen gets her, her undergarments from. You know, I mean, it's not something I think about. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sort of one of these people that looks at the Queen and tries to visualise her with nothing on, apart from suspenders and stuff like I don't think about things like that. But somebody said she's probably got the Freeman's catalogue at home. I quite like that. She leaves through. OK, ready for the order? Two pairs. One, seven, four, three, two. £23 each. Thank you. OK. And <laughs> to go through it like that. Somebody says no. I think she gets her underwear for from Rigby and Pella. Well, I know Rigby and Pella very well. I think they've sold the business, though, Rigby and Pella. But it's still called Rigby and Pella. Thank you, Cap. Very much indeed. Uh, also, I never got round to doing that story. I'll have, to, I'll have to try and remember to do it tomorrow, but I have a feeling I probably won't. About the plight of child evacuees during the war. The kids who were just packed off. It was a case of they wanted to get kids out of London, so they got sent to all sorts of places. It was like the girls who went to help out the land girls. Some of them got treated very, very badly. Very, very badly. But um, there was the plight of the child evacuees because little children were standing there with their little coats on, their little suitcases. Everybody had the same little suitcases and their gas mask. In a box. And they just turned up at some strange person's house and they stayed with them for the for the duration. Uh, Victoria Beckham, I mentioned her earlier on, I really can't believe she's going out in flared trousers. Dear God in heaven, when were flared trousers fashionable? I remember buying a copy years ago, and older people will remember, the NME, the New Musical Express. And at the back of the NME were adverts for what they called loons. Loons were cotton trousers high-waisted which were and i'll tell you exactly how much they were because you won't believe it which had flares the flare was so big if you sort of stood there and the trousers dropped down a bit it looked like you were being supported by your trousers how much were these loons and they came in every color under the sun black blue green red yellow you name it One ninety nine, a pair ninety nine a pair <laughs> So I bought two pairs. They were so tight you could spot religion. It was amazing. they were really, really, and they were fashionable. They were re- everybody wore loons. Those are those horrible Afghan coats, which, if they got wet, they were like matting with embroidery on and it was sort of, it was a bit hippie-ish and a bit sort of freaky. But I bought the ultimate accessory for a dJ working in some London venues, a satin jacket. I mean you can only imagine how awful I must have looked. It was a blue satin jacket. How much was it? 2 99 So in between the trousers, the loons, and the satin jacket, I must look like a right sight. I look a bit like Victoria Beckham looks in the papers today because it's a very odd look. You know, flared trousers. They went out with the arc. Nobody wears flared trousers. I know that fashion designers try and get us to wear stuff that really isn't that fashionable, but they think they're having a laugh at us. You've only got to look at Paris Fashion Week to realise nobody wears this stuff. Where do they wear it? You know, they're all sort of getting away at you. That's why Marks and Spencers and plays like that are successful, and Zara. Beat Blue Monday, the mirror tells you. 25 ways to feel instant happiness. What a brilliant idea. Wait a minute, I'm going for this one. I'm going for this one. If we can beat happiness. Okay, so this is going to beat your misery day today. Uh, treat yourself like you treat others. No, not going to make me any happier, is it? Uh, Headspace, mobile app, happy pop music. Yeah, happy pop music. You see, I've read through this list. Random acts of kindness, adult colouring books, um, writing down a gratitude. Not once in these 25 things to beat the Monday blues does it mention bottle of Prosecco and a kebab. It does not mention it. It's got all these other silly things in here. You know, what to read, what to book, go to Dubai. What for? What for? It's very hot and very expensive. Told you, friend of mine in a hotel... Decides to order a bottle of vodka. It's Grey Goose, three hundred eighty pounds. He pays for a bottle of uh, a vodka. The buffet in the hotel was five hundred quid for New Year's Eve. Five hundred. I mean, dear God in heaven, what sort of people are going there? It's terribly, terribly expensive. So not for. And also, if I want to go somewhere hot, I'm going to go somewhere hot that's kind of not so expensive. And there must be loads of other places you can go to. Dubai is just full of awful people. I don't want to go to... Well, apart from a friend of mine who's got uh, an estate agency out there. Uh, Thumbs up for May's EU exit plan, said The Express. Hail and hearty again, our smiling queen, braves the pouring weather. There's no doubting this woman's uh, stamina. I mean, really, it's phenomenal. Meghan's brother on gun charge, half-brother. Palace alarm at gun charge for brother of Harry's girl. Can only get worse. There may be trouble ahead. Uh, here's Mylene Claire. Oh, she's on holiday again. Oh, how lovely. Well done, Mylene. And uh, with a photographer. So she's standing in the sea, posing in one of her bikinis. She was enjoying a break. How many breaks does she get? I've got to check her contract because she works here. And I've not seen her in this building for ages and ages. I mean, I'm assuming she's on holiday every other week. She must be. She lives on holiday. I mean, she must. I mean, you know. I don't, I'm not a holiday person, I find them, I find them a bit tedious and boring, because I don't know what to do on holiday. I don't do the sightseeing, I can't lie by a pool, I just want to eat, in which case I might as well stay here, I can eat here, can't I? And if you want sort of some sunshine, what well, do you get a little bit here? This week, they said today, I don't believe them, they said it's going to be as hot as Barcelona. I mean, why would it want to be? I've been to Barcelona. Boring, boring, boring. It's got a football team in a stadium, and they do tours of a stadium. It's really dull. I was the only one. I just went and had a cup of coffee. Everybody else toddled up. they go, oh, we're going to the stadium to see the bars. So, what for? What for? You've seen grass before surrounded by seats. It's sort of like Wimbledon, only a little bit bigger. And they play football. And that was about it. I oh, was bored witless over there. I can't tell you. Uh, so the BT story in all the papers. Cracking down on the nuisance calls. i I've said before, get an answer phone. Or failing that, don't answer the phone. If you don't know the number, don't answer it. Unless you're really desperate for some sort of company, in which case you might as well. Uh, the killer freed after two years of a 20-year prison term. Sounds slightly disturbing, doesn't it? Uh, pet Cruelty deserves tougher penalties, because there's no doubt about it, contrary to what we were years ago, which was a nation of animal lovers, now we appear not to be. Every year Battersea Cat and Dogs Home have to look after more abandoned puppies, because. and the last time I went there, which must have been two or three years ago, we did a feature on it, and we took photographs, 90% of the dogs abandoned staffs. 90% of the dogs in there, every time we went past, you know, they're sort of sitting there looking forlornly up, Desperate, you know, desperate to try and make themselves look attractive so somebody will take them home. But it was staffies. They had more staffies than any other dogs because people wanted a staffy because they thought it made them look hard. And of course the dogs just end up being miserable, sitting there, desperately trying to, you know, be adopted. And some of them don't get adopted. And if they discover that they have a bit of a trait then, and they do put them through various psychological tests to discover if they can be helped. If they can't, then they have to go to S-L-E-E-P. I only say that in case they're listening and they can't dogs home at the moment. But uh, they do try and home as much as, they, as much as they can. But it must be so difficult. Stop buying dogs. Make it easier. Uh, so Gary's lost his shine. The Brits uh, who don't eat breakfast anymore, because apparently we do not have the time. We're too busy. To act- We're never too busy to have breakfast, Never too busy to have breakfast. I could eat breakfast now. Seriously, this precise... Matter. If it arrived, if the door opened and somebody presented me... I'd eat it. Never too busy. I'd do it in between the programme. Four in ten pregnant mothers are boozers over here. Over in Ireland, it's six in ten. Six in ten people who booze are mothers. And you're always told, aren't you, not to booze. Daily Mail, front page. Megan's family, defend gun-charged brother. Not too sure how you can, but uh, they seem to have made an attempt. And the health tourist, £350,000 bill. And you paid... This is uh, a mother who gave birth to twins. She flew in from Nigeria. 350000 Why don't people just ask for credit cards? Because nobody's got that sort of credit. I mean, how they work out £350,000, I've got no idea. Uh, the first interview with the president-elect, say the Times, this is with Trump, and he told Michael Gove, I love the UK, I'll do a deal with Britain. Well, there you go then. Uh, complaints over NHS met with rudeness. Patients who make complaints about poor care in the NHS... Uh, made to feel like time wasters by the Parliamentary and Health Service's ombudsman, which is not fit for purpose. And uh, one lady who says that she can run the London Marathon because she's conquered the run to work. This is Bryony Gordon. I know Bryony's mum very well indeed. So uh, you can do it, because we've got more strikes, I believe, around the corner. Uh, I'm going home. I'm going to have a cooked breakfast. So to everybody, I don't care. I might have sausages and eggs and uh, hash browns, anything. (laughs) Just anything today. Or just some giant crumpets. That'd be quite nice. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show. And we have a free podcast for you every day, Monday through Friday. Details on the LBC website. Leading Britain's Conversation at 10. It's James O'Brien. But coming up now for breakfast on LBC. It's Nick Ferrari.